they put up a whole containment. All of this was covered. And they uh, took some swabs, I guess, and sent it off to the lab. When the results came in and it showed that the treatment that they did worked and everything was gone, they actually repainted the area for her. So the grant allows us to offer lead-based paint inspections and home assessments to privately owned uh, homes for uh, low to moderate income families in Jefferson Parish and St. Charles Parish. The grant also allows us to offer lead abatement services. This can include lead-based paint removal, component replacements such as windows and doors. And so we have a, a pool of certified lead abatement contractors that are licensed by the state. Our goal is to have 160 units. It could be an apartment, it could be a single family home. Uh, we'll just say residents uh, to have uh, lead hazards removed. Lead is the number one environmental health hazard, especially for young children. Children are at greatest risk for uh, exposure to lead because their bodies are developing and their uh, brains and neurological systems are still growing at this time. We also have additional funds that are available to address other multiple housing related health and safety issues such as mold, asbestos, pest control, home security. <laughs> We have helped a family repair their porch. Their porch was deteriorating and it was uh, an immediate uh, structural hazard. Um, and so we were able to rebuild their porch for them. They did a, a great job. Everything worked out real nice. I, I, I enjoyed their work. I enjoyed what they done. Especially in the back bathroom, I had a leak and they fixed that, put me new cabinets in the bathroom. Some of the work inside was through the Healthy Homes Grant. They came and did like an assessment of the house, seeing what it is that they could help uh, repair. Some of the sockets inside needed to be changed because they were kind of close to water, some of them, so it had to be a certain kind. And we got some new smoke detectors installed as well. Here's uh, one of them. It's actually three of them that was installed. One was installed in the kitchen and the other one is right above the other bedroom in the hallway. Her porch, she had a uh, tile, but because she's so old now, because it would be slippery when it's raining, they pulled up the tile sanded it down and everything, and they put some paint on there with a non-slip grip up in there. One of the things that I think that the parish is really trying to address is uh, improve quality of life. And so this is one program that we know that can help. We're here to help the community in any way we can, and that's why we're so excited about this grant. Jefferson Parish has 11 water tanks and, and ground storage tanks dispersed throughout the parish. Every 15 years we go through a process of refurbishing and rehabbing the, the tanks to keep them up to code and to make sure we're providing water safely. The rehab of the water tower is to make sure we rehab the inside and the outside. It is inspected for rust, it is inspected for holes, it is inspected for the coating of the, of the water tower. Once they assess the damage that's, that needs to be uh, done in the tower, they rehab it. Well, we blasted the first coat of the zinc, which is the green, and then after that is the peach, that's, what's, that's the intermediate. 
and then the, the white is the top coat. On the exterior, the paint is broken down. Another coat goes on the outside to protect it from the sun, the UV rays, and then two more coats of paint are put on top of that. With the, with the rate increase that was just put in last year, these are projects that we are now able to fund to be able to rehab all of the tanks and water towers on a set schedule. We refurbish all uh, towers every 15 years. It takes about three to four months per uh, tower. Each cost depends on how badly damaged the tower is. The tower behind me is gonna cost around $2 million. We have another tower that's in Bridge City. It's gonna cost about a million dollars because it has less rehab to do on it. This tower will match every other tower that's existing around the parish, starting with the tower at the Causeway. That was the first to be done, and every other tower is gonna match that likeness. Everything that we do is to continue giving Jefferson Parish the quality of water that they need to function every day. been a problem on Highway 90. It is the main corridor where all the garbage trucks servicing the region traverse going to and from the landfill and landfills in the area. There's been a constant problem with litter on the side of the road that's coming from the back of the trucks as well as other sources. Starting September 1st, Jefferson Parish will be enforcing new provisions that were added to the Code of Ordinances um, that will allow us to cite untarped trucks coming through our landfill. This is going to be a type of photo enforcement. We've installed cameras on poles at our landfill and at the entranceway to the River Birch landfill. Those cameras allow us to remotely look at trucks coming through the landfill and coming out of the landfill on a daily basis and we can see whether a truck is tarped from the top. We can also identify uh, the, the information on the side of the truck that allows us to issue violation notices to the hauler. The penalties can be as high as $500 per occurrence and any violators would also be responsible for hearing and court costs as well and that would be determined by the hearing officer. We amended Chapter 16 of the Code of Ordinances, adding a definition for a commercial hauler. And those amendments also allowed us to address untarped trucks. It required that all commercial vehicles engaged in the hauling of municipal solid waste to and from the landfill. It included the requirement that they be tarped. This uh, ordinance amendment was an effort on the parish's part to address that issue in a proactive way and you know, do our part as part of a broader state litter campaign designed to address litter on state roadways.
Hi, I'm Ben Lapine, Director of Drainage for Jefferson Parish. Today I'd like to give a tour of a few recent drainage infrastructure projects currently going on parish-wide. On the east bank, we have several drainage improvement projects. Here at the Suburban Pump Station, Drainage has recently completed the replacement of two 1,400-horsepower diesel engines and controllers. The diesel engines are the drive, or power source for the pumps. By replacing the original engines installed in the early 70s and modernizing the control systems, Operations now has the capability to automatically start and stop pumps based on electronic reading of the canal levels. It also reduces greenhouse gases and lowers the pump station carbon footprint utilizing more efficient diesel engines. Next is the Mounds Boulevard Drainage Improvement Project, which will be more than a $30 million upgrade to stormwater drainage in the Elmwood Business District. It is designed as a three-phase project and currently under construction in the second phase. Benefits span from Citrus to Jefferson Highway between Clearview and Dickery. This project consists of approximately 1,100 linear feet of a 10 by 8 box culvert installed on Mounds Boulevard starting at Elmwood Park Boulevard, diverting flow towards the Harahan Pump Station where it will be pumped into the Mississippi River. Lime Street Drainage Improvements is a $6.5 million drainage improvement project with an expected completion in March 2023. It includes the installation of various pipe sizes ranging from 60-inch to 36-inch, benefiting drainage from Harvard to Clearview between Veterans and West Esplanade. On the West Bank, the drainage department is currently rebuilding the Lake Katawachi pump station at an estimated value of $6 million. The project consists of a new pump station superstructure, pumps, gears, engines, and ancillary equipment. The new station will be fully automated allowing pumps to start and stop on preset control points which will improve department efficiency and response time. This project shows the continued effort of Jefferson Parish to keep up with our aging infrastructure. It is expected to be complete in the summer of 2023. Bayou Signet Pump Station Improvements is a recently completed $5 million project which installed a new bridge and climber screen. The bridge will allow access for future pump replacement and maintenance demands at the station. The climber screens provide the opportunity for the pumps to operate continuously by keeping the suction pit clear from debris. Here at the Planters Pump Station, Drainage has recently completed a $2 million facility upgrade which replaces two diesel engines and pump controllers. The diesel engines are the drive or power source for the pumps. This project helps maintain reliability at pump stations by proactively replacing antiquated equipment. With updated controllers, the station has the ability to be automated improves our operational efficiency and response time during rain events. These are just a few of the drainage projects currently going on. Signs were dedicated to not only drainage infrastructure but the quality of life for the residents of Jefferson Parish. are at the West Bank site of our SCADA tower, which is the main telecommunications tower for Jefferson Parish. SCADA is supervisory control and data acquisition, which is a very fancy way of saying it's a computerized system that allows us to maintain and monitor data. It's a remote system that allows us to remotely monitor our water, sewer, and drainage. It allows us to monitor those services more quickly to mitigate risks associated with power outages, with chemical imbalances in your water system, with 
any kind of system failure, need for generators, a valve that's stuck, um, incoming rain, so it allows us to more quickly monitor weather conditions to respond more, respond more quickly. We updated our software, so we went from an older software that was no longer supported by the manufacturer to a newer software that runs more efficiently and is more robust, so it gives us better data more quickly and allows for future upgrades and future expansion as needed. The SCADA system also monitors wind speed and rain levels. We have 70 rain gauges on it, so we can forecast incoming storms a lot better, which allows us to be more ready and uh, agile in getting our, our forces in the right place at the right time. Good morning, everybody. If you could take a seat, we'll get started with our presentations and proclamations in just a moment. You ready? All right, first up this morning is the parish president. Good morning, everyone. Um, I want to invite Brad Roth, who is our operations manager for programming for our Jefferson Parish Recreation Department. We have some um, people who brought home some big awards for us in Jefferson Parish. So um, I'd like to start with the JPRD East 12U, 12U girls who recently won the Babe Ruth World Series. Where are you, girls? JPRD East 12U girls. Fifteen girls and four coaches represented JPRD, JPRD East at the regional tournament along with the Babe Ruth World Series. This team outscored their opponents 23-2.
That's not really nice, guys, 23-2. <laughs> in the state championship to remain undefeated, outscored their opponents 40-16 to become the undefeated Southwest Regional Champions and moved on to the finals. Is this right? Is this work? They outscored their opponents 84-8. Is that right? No? Is that a typo? All right. <laughs> Y'all make their good with it not. Um, to become the World Series champs. All of us in Jefferson Parish are so proud of these girls. I'm going to invite Brad to come up to introduce their incredible coaches, and then we'll call them each up um, for their proclamation. Once again, ladies, congratulations. Um, I also want to acknowledge a few people here, the Administrator of Athletics, um, Mr. Tim Collins, the Assistant Director, Leo Webb, Area Coordinator of Athletics, Harold Bueller, is also here today. Um, along with Aaron Ruddock, our girls' program supervisor, and Chad Ramirez. First off, um, coaches. Coaches did a phenomenal job this year. Don Benoit, Mark Ortiz, Ashley Ortiz, and Jody Savoy. All right, ladies, when I call your name, please come on up and um, receive your certificates. Catherine Andre. Maya Burford. Mia Kanda. Lila Shea. Mallory Como, Shelby Collada, Madeline Dabdu, Bella Durr, Ariella Fry, Scarlett Fusley, Segan Palmazano, Maya Rose. Isabel Schmidt, and Addison Shannon. Right. Council members, you want to come take a picture, please? Y'all get over. Congratulations. Come on, y'all get coaches. Hey, how are you doing? Hey, Judy, how are you? You all right? Yeah, I'm okay for now. Wait, you all right? Yeah. Okay. Back surgery. Oh, I didn't know you were going to Yeah. Yeah. That was still good. Yeah, I got to peer my head between the doors. <laughs> Next up, we have another girls' team, the JPRD East 18-year-old girls' softball team. Where are you? 18-year-old. JPRD East went undefeated in the state tournament hosted by JPRD at the LaSalle Sportsplex. 
Uh, they then traveled to the regional tournament in Ponchatoula, where they went undefeated, beating Texas 8-2 in the opening game. They then beat JPRD West 17-7 and then won again in the finals by the 10-run rule to claim the regional championship title. At the World Series in Treasure Coast, Florida, JPRD East claimed the 18U World Series in a dramatic fashion. After going 4-1-1 in pool play, the team won its first bracket game against Jacksonville 4-2. They then beat South Texas 9-2 to face Jacksonville again in the championship game. After being up 7-1, Jacksonville rallied to take the lead in the top of the seventh inning by going up 10-8. JPRDs would battle back to claim the championship 11-10. What a great, I know when you beat them once, they come back at you and they really want that win. So great, great way to bring home the victory girl. So Brad, you want to introduce the coaches? Once again, ladies, congratulations, well-deserved coaches. Um, Don Whitmer. Don has been a longtime coach with Jefferson Parish over 30 years. Uh, Scott St. Cyr and George Newmiller. Thank you. Yes. Players, when I call your name, ladies, come on up. Taylor Belasi, Olivia Bourgeois, Maddie Branch, Katie Deslat, Lauren DeBello, Lily DuPont, Ava Heigl, Brenna Mitchell, Ella Mitchell, Rachel Newlett, Ava Palumbo, Gabby Perry, Haley Peterson, Carly Rosas, Emma Ruddy, Serenity Sigio, McKenna Sparks, and Abby St. Cyr. Okay, girls, come over here. Council members, you come down for a picture with the girls? What are you?
right, guys, it was ladies first, but now, last but certainly not least, we have the JPREDs, 15U boys, who recently won the Dixie Boys Baseball World Series. Where are you guys? <laughs> okay. At the state tournament at Mike Miley Stadium, JPRD East went 4-0, defeating Mangum. Is that what I'm saying it right? 11-1 in the final game to take the title. They then traveled to Sterlington, Louisiana, where they went 5-0 and topped Southland 5-3 to be crowned the Dixie Boys Baseball World Series Championship. Thank you guys for bringing it home. All right. Brad? At this time, we'd like to welcome our coaches. Coaches Michael Benora, Adam Niles, and Eddie Schott. Guys, when I call your name, please come on up. Matthew Benora. Marcelo Bastillo. Cameron Canale. Preston Cantrell. Blake Cordova. Peyton Depolite. Gavin DiMaggio, Gage Gardair, Andrew Hassinger, Trent Helwig, Blake Hooper, Gavin Lede, Spencer Miseraka, Ryan Rodriguez, Ryan Saunders, and Lucas Surkoff. Council, member, council members, can you come down for a picture, please? If I can invite a very special group with us today, the New Orleans Area Habitat for Humanity. So Marguerite 
Um, a striker, please come up, the executive director and Leo Marsh, advocacy manager. Why don't you come up as well? They need no introduction. We know so, so much of what they do for us uh, here in Jefferson Parish, New Orleans Area Habitat for Humanity. It was founded in 1983, an independent nonprofit affiliate, affiliate of Habitat for Humanity International that strives to eliminate substandard housing by providing affordable shelter to those in need. And whereas the New Orleans Habitat for Humanity, through partnerships with homeowners, volunteers, and sponsors, builds homes where families' dreams of home ownership can become a reality. Habitat home buyers pay a zero-interest mortgage and work 250 volunteer hours of sweat equity in lieu of a down payment. And whereas since its inception, the New Orleans area Habitat for Humanity has built 751 new homes, provided a path to home ownership for over 670 families, and completed 424 home repair and accessibility upgrades. And whereas the New Orleans Area Habitat for Humanity has hosted more than 200,000 volunteers who have built homes, cleared blighted properties, and worked in the restore. And whereas the organization has developed affordable housing in areas affected by numerous natural disasters and conducts community outreach and advocacy work to promote affordable housing and neighborhood revitalization efforts in Jefferson Parish and beyond. And whereas the New Orleans Area Habitat for Humanity Restore collects donations of household goods, furniture, and construction materials and sells them at affordable prices, this provides habitat with a source of income and prevents materials from being dumped in landfills. And whereas the New Orleans Habitat for Humanity Intern and Apprenticeship Program provides paid on-the-job training to young adults in the construction industry with benefits including the uniform, meal stipends, bus passes, and full health benefits and 401k at the apprenticeship level. And whereas the New Orleans Area Habitat for Humanity has been a leader in housing, disaster relief, and long-term rebuilding efforts while creating thriving communities for generations to come. Now, therefore, I, Cynthia Lee Shank, President of Jefferson Parish, do hereby recognize and congratulate the New Orleans Area Habitat for Humanity in honor of its 40th anniversary. So thank you so very much. I really want to say, you know, we have had a lot of storms, a lot of activity with weather. You all are on the ground with us. You are already ready. You know, the, the house that we were all watching you build in Lafitte, you're there with us. We really appreciate you being on the ground level with us at the very beginning and throughout and helping us come back. So thank you so much. Marguerite, you want to say something? Thank you so very much. We really appreciate your support and your kind concern. And I just want to say it feels really great to be actively working in Jefferson Parish. We, actually, we have a five-parish service area, but for a very long time after Katrina, we just focused on New Orleans. We're now getting very active and about to be even more active in Jefferson Parish. And I want to say a special thank you to the leadership here in Jefferson Parish and also to the administrative team who have demonstrated not only their skill and their interest and support. Yes, Jefferson Parish is open for business, but they also care deeply about the well-being of every citizen here. So I just want to thank you all so very much. Council members, can you come take a picture? Councilwoman Van Vranken has a comment real quick. I was just going to say, for those who have never participated in a Habitat build, it really is an amazing experience. I remember doing it with a group of women, and we were um, putting the roof on and framing the house. I was like, you know I've never been to house built a house before, right? But it's amazing what you can accomplish. And so I'd like maybe to, to organize a council build uh, uh, in the future, so maybe we can work on that and have that experience firsthand for everybody. Thank you. We absolutely will. <laughs> you been okay, Leo? 
What are you doing, Leo? Jeff first, then Stephanie, and then Nicole. All right, everybody, uh, one more that the parish president has, then we have a few more before we get started. So once we clear chambers, if you could take your seats again. The parish president has the podium. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I'd like to invite up, we have some employee service pin presentations. I want to invite up Jeb Tate. Okay, I want to invite up Jeb Tate, our electric information systems director. Um, for for 10 years of service, Stephanie Brumfield, our Community Development Director for 20 years of service, and Nicole Thompson, who's our Human Resource Management Director with 25 years of service. So Jeb, 
Jeb is currently working in a dual role as the Director of Information Technology and the Director of Telecommunications, and his next level leadership has really shined. Uh, significant accomplishments within the past two years as IT and Telecommunications Director include a complete upgrade of both parish data centers with identical modern server equipment that increased computing capabilities and created several redundancies with server infrastructure. He has helped introduce new technology across the parish to help crisis like COVID and Ida, that's for sure, and his team has created dashboards for the website to help keep the public informed. He's worked hand-in-hand -hand with many departments introducing new technology, including with working with our council members as well, including rail clams, rail cams, uh, railroad cameras, fleet store, and many, many more. So thank you, Jeb, and thank you for your innovation. Uh, up until today, this morning, <laughs> last-minute emails last night. So thank you, thank you very much. Okay, Stephanie, Stephanie, raise your hand, okay. Our Community Development Director, under Stephanie's leadership, our Community Development Department administers national grants to provide ongoing assistance to our residents. Stephanie was promoted to the director of this department in October of 2022 because of her leadership. Uh, prior to this, she was the assistant director. She was also worked as an administrative management specialist in the department and for our workforce development board. So thank you, Stephanie, for taking on the challenge, and thank you for your years of service. And then Nicole Thompson is our human resource management director. She started as a, I didn't know this, she started as the parish as a student worker in 1997. She was promoted to an administrative assistant, executive assistant, HR manager, assistant director, and then director. Uh, Nicole communicates regularly with our directors, and you tell them what you don't like about things. That's what I like about you, Nicole. <laughs> if Nicole doesn't like something, she's not afraid to say it. Um, on federal and state labor laws, rules and regulations, policies, plans, and trainings to promote a next-level government, that's why you're good at what you do. Um, so thank you so much, Nicole. So let's get a picture. Council members, can you come take a picture with our directors, please? You were a baby when I first met you. All right, next up, Councilman Bonanno. I know that no one has noticed their presence because they're so hard to see in those bright uniforms that they're here with us today. But I'm proud to have them here with us today for their 61st anniversary, the Riverdale High School Classy Lassie Dance Team. Ladies, would you all come on up and join me up here and your coaches?
Oh, wow. We actually have some alumni here of the team who are members of some of the earlier teams, the first team. So that means I don't want to talk to you how old I am, but we, you, I was there. Okay, just leave it at that. I was there. Whereas in 1962, along with the opening of Riverdale High School, the Lassie dance team began and has been going strong ever since. And whereas styles of dance and dress have changed, gone away, returned over the years, but the Lassie dance team has remained tried and true. And that is so true, because the biggest thing I remember are those red tassels on their boots. The young women of this prominent team have been steadfast and proud ambassadors of both Riverdale High School and Jefferson Parish. And whereas additionally, the Lassies are the longest standing school performance group in the entire region. And whereas over the years, the Lassie dance team have notably been regarded as the classy Lassies, as well as saying, Everyone loves a Lassie. And whereas these two sayings are part of the culture that comes with being a part of the Lassie School Sisterhood, and whereas the Lassie dance team have always been held to a high standard of excellence and greatness, and whereas this same excellence and greatness is evident when the ladies grace the stage at public events, sporting events, and march in local parades. And now, therefore, the Jefferson Parish Council of Jefferson Parish hereby recognizes and congratulates the Riverdale Lassie Dance Team on their 61st anniversary. Congratulations. I'm Rebecca Bradshaw. I'm the current coach, one of the coaches of the Lassies. Um, my co-coach, Lynn Casca, graduated from Grace King. Um, and anyway, we, I was the president in 96, and we have some former presidents and members here to support us today. And, and it is true, this is a, a sisterhood more than it is anything else. And I'm very proud of these ladies for putting in the time, the work, and the effort maintaining grades, practicing, and um, you know, really just doing their best to represent our school, which we love dearly. Thank you. Oh, sure, okay. Everybody turn around this way. Y'all need to come back another time and actually perform for us. Do you know? Stay there for a second. Ladies and gentlemen, we're looking at the 49th Gumbo King, Bridge City Gumbo King, right before us. <laughs> Please come out on the second weekend of October. Listen, 
and come celebrate with us the second weekend of October, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I knew my staff was up to something because <laughs> I wasn't supposed to be in the office. I was supposed to be in a meeting, but I had to change plans, and I walked in, and people are scrambling, trying to hide stuff and put bags on things. So thank you all very much. You deserve it, King. <laughs> Can you wear the crown, please? You jest, but the crown looks like this, and I will be wearing it that weekend. <laughs> I was hoping you'd put that one on. No luck. <laughs> All right, Councilwoman Van Franken now has a proclamation. going to ask uh, Benito to come on up, representing Ideal Market. You know, this is um, Hispanic Heritage Month. It's September 15th to October 15th. Um, so we have a month of celebrating um, part of the rich diversity that Jefferson Parish has. We actually, as uh, our population has grown, we have 20% of our Jefferson Parish um, population uh, is Hispanic. And so, again, it just continues to be a really um, a rich culture, and we want to celebrate that. We also want to celebrate a national honor. And so thank you for being here, um, Benito, to, um, to accept this on behalf of Ideal Market. Whereas Ideal Market first opened in the New Orleans region after Hurricane Katrina, thereafter gaining a reputation in the neighborhood for their commitment to provide fresh, superior, authentic Hispanic products at a competitive price. And whereas the Hispanic community continued to grow in our region, so did Ideal Market to cater to their needs, expanding into a chain of seven grocery stores, each individual to the demand of the community in which it resides. Whereas the store became hubs for the community to gather, to express pride, and to shop, Ideal Market reverses its responsibility to provide support to the community as needed. Whereas besides helping the community throughout the year, every Christmas their annual toy giveaway supplies toys for thousands of children. Whereas during hurricane recovery, Ideal Market was at the front line distributing necessities directly to residents unable to travel to stores while going above and beyond to feed first responders and power line workers. And I remember this one well, whereas during the pandemic, Ideal Market partnered with Inclusive Care on one of the coldest days of the year <laughs> to, to provide vaccinations directly to our community um, by hosting distribution events in Metairie. That's where I remember getting my vaccine. Whereas on February 26th, 2023, so just earlier this year, Ideal Market was recognized for both its efforts to administer the COVID-19 vaccines and also its community outreach in the aftermath of Hurricane Ida, winning the National Grocers Association Peter J. Larkin Community Service Award across the country. That is why now, therefore, the Jefferson Parish Council, the governing authority of Jefferson Parish, Louisiana, hereby recognizes and commends Ideal Market for their exemplary commitment to public service, providing crucial support to its community in even the most trying of times in Jefferson Parish. Congratulations. We celebrate your success.
please. Thank you. I'd like to humbly thank the council, the president, and everybody in Jefferson Parish administration for this proclamation and its recognition. Ideal market has always been on the forefront of any crisis that comes forward. We're going to grow as Jefferson Parish grows. We have many more stores planned on the pipeline. And we wouldn't be growing if it wasn't for the Hispanic community, the Jefferson Parish community, and the Jefferson Parish government that has made and made opportunities available for Ideal Market. So I want to express that you can always count on Ideal Market in any crisis or any problem or anything. We're going to have our doors open for you and our services open for you and our community and our residents here. Thank you. Also exemplifies hard work because you are nonstop and we really appreciate what you provide to our community. We're going to get the whole council down. Come on, join us, Parish President. Yes. Now we'll bounce back to Councilman Bonanno. He's got one more. His person has arrived. It is on my end. You hit it. Okay, now we can get started again. Councilman Templet, Councilman Templet, I need you to come to the podium, please. It's, I had my turn in the barrel today. It's your turn now. I'd also like to call to the microphone Mr. Danny Savello with the Irish Road Parade, I'm sorry, the Irish Parade on Metairie Road to talk about a little announcement about this year's parade. See, I'm not the only one gets it today. Yeah, it's surprising. Thank you, Dino. It's an honor for me to be here, as always. It's a little better this time than it was the last time, two or three years ago, I think it was. But uh, I do have an announcement to make. Before I do that, is Jefferson Parish's oldest parade and the only parade on Metairie Road. I just want to share a couple of things with you that, uh, that I have done since I've taken over uh, two years ago. Number one, we've gotten 
a lot more proactive. When I first took over, I thought that we couldn't safely have a 100-unit parade without somebody on the tail end. So I put somebody on the tail end, a fellow that worked for me when I was in the emergency services, who whenever I had a problem, I'd put him there, and I just want to introduce Carl Finley. He's our parade coordinator. Um, we've also gotten more involved with the community. Uh, you know, we want to be a good neighbor on Metairie Road and do whatever it is that's necessary. And uh, as being the oldest parade, we like to set the standards. At this time, I'd like to recognize Jennifer Van Rankin as our past 2023 Grand Marshal, and she did a tremendous job. Now I'd like to introduce our 2024 Grand Marshal, the Honorable Ricky Templet. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Well, what, what do you know? I don't. I don't have a big old hat to put on like you have, but uh, but that can be arranged. Yes, but 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 I am honored. Right I, I am honored and proud to be able to have this bestowed on me. Look, I've marched uh, and had many beverages in your parades. Okay, uh, behind some good people who have been your grand marshals over the years, and it's it, it's one. You're right. It's one of the, the the oldest and one of the largest parades within Jefferson Parish that people look forward to. It's one of the greatest family events that take place in Jefferson Parish, and it's something we all should be proud of as of Jeffersonians. I will carry the banner of being Grand Marshal very proudly, looking forward to being Grand Marshal. The, um, I'll promise you I'll have a large group walking with us to promote, to promote your event and the quality of life we ha have here in Jefferson Parish and make y'all proud and just looking forward to it. One good note about this next year's St. Patrick's Day Parade, it's actually on St. Patrick's Day next year. So it's really going to be a blown-out event. Uh, so excited to be able to be Grand Marshal actually on St. Patrick's Day. And, yes, I am Irish. Uh, my, my, on my mother's side is Johnson, so I'm c continuing uh, as an Irishman in this parade and, and looking forward to having a great time and representing your organization in Jefferson Parish. And thank you very much. Thank you. All right, let's, Councilman Impostato, you're up next. One of the, uh, the public-private partnerships that we have really um, enhanced and, and fostered over the last several years has been our partnership with the YMCA. And uh, for those of us who grew up, we thought of the YMCA, you know, as a place to swim, place to play racquetball back when they had racquetball courts and that sort of thing. But the truth is they do a ton more than that. And today I'd like to recognize... We're here to recognize not just the local YMCA, but also their partners in the public-private partnership who provide a, an incredible service for the safety of our community, in particular our children. Uh, one of the fa sad facts that we learn is for children under the age of five, the leading cause of death is drowning 
and car accidents. Those, those are the two leading causes of death, and oftentimes, unfortunately, they're together. One of the things that our local YMCA has done is an outreach program for car safety for children under five, in particular for uh, car seat safety. So today we're recognizing community partners uh, both within the YMCA and outside the YMCA uh, who partner with them and with us as a parish to work every day behind the scenes to protect those youngest children. And what they do is educate parents and even children as well to provide car seats for the proper installation of car seats and overall education of families in how to keep their kids safety in those, safe in those cars. So these are state and local heroes in our community who serve family by family, child by child, and um, allow us to have more of our children alive and smiling every day because of this team's work. So I'd like to bring up the YMCA Director of Car Seat Safety and Community Outreach, Ms. Galliano, Kalying Galliano. Also from the Louisiana State Police, Master Trooper Daniel Flynn. From the Louisiana Passenger Safety Task Force, Bridget Gardner. Also the Louisiana Passenger Safety Task Force, Patricia Clessy. The owner of Drive Dat Academy in Kenner, who works closely with that team to provide that car seat safety, Mario Morales. Also from the Louisiana Passenger Safety Task Force State Coordinator, Michael Toops. And um, Louisiana Highway Safety Commission Occupant Protection Program Coordinator, Coordinator Shanita Vasquez, and last but not least, Gordon Wodge, uh, the director of the local YMCA, who helps administer and put all of this together. Thank all of y'all for helping keep Jefferson Parish safe and uh, keeping our children safe in Jefferson Parish. Council members, Parish President, would you join us?
Try that again. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Jefferson Parish Council meeting, Wednesday, September 27th, 2023. We're in the Joseph S. Yenny Building, 1221 Elmwood Park Boulevard in Jefferson, Louisiana. Thanks for being here this morning. This meeting is now called to order, and I'd like to give the uh, Madam President the floor to introduce her guest who has our invocation this morning. Hang on one second, Madam President. There you go. Thank you. Um, I want to ask Pastor Richard Dykes to come up. Many of you, especially your staffs, might recognize him. Um, this is really special for us today. Uh, Lieutenant Richard Dykes worked for the Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office for 23 years, and in his last years he was assigned to me as part of our security team. Um, he actually told me one day, I think we were in the car, I can't remember exactly where we are, that he was doing a change of careers and he had a calling and that he was going to become a pastor for his church. So it's not often that you see policemen become pastors, but that was sort of his, this is his path in life. And I couldn't have been more happy for him and his beautiful family and his wife and his daughters. Um, he took over as the pastor of his home church, uh, but he actually was an ordained minister in 2016. I knew that. Um, but this is the first Pentecostal church in New Orleans. Um, he was a member of this church for his entire life and the fourth generation of his family on his mother's side to be members of this congregation. I know part of his calling involves his family as well. Um, they, are, they do everything with him in this church, so I think it's, it's a beautiful story. And as soon as he told me that, I said, one day I'm going to invite you back um, to lead the prayer at our council meeting. And it was about a year ago. Um, he says, I'll, I'll come when I'm ready, and um, we're really, really glad to have him back. So uh, I'm calling in a special favor to him. Uh, we certainly need rain in biblical proportions, um, and I think he can call in some favors for us in Jefferson Parish in this region. So, um, Pastor, not Lieutenant, Pastor Richard Dykes. Yes, thank you very much. Let's stand because uh, we're going to pray together today. Dear Lord, we're here in this chambers today, all of the leaders of our parish, each council district representative our at-large positions, our parish president. We ask you, Lord, to, to bless them. Your word tells us in Romans chapter 13, verse 1, that you put people in authority. You put people here to lead us and to guide us. We ask you, dear God, to lead their decisions, to guide them with your spirit collectively and individually. We're thankful, Lord, for the leaders of our parish. We're thankful, Lord, for the blessings that you have bestowed on us in this parish. We ask you to continue to bless each and every one of them. Lord, we are in a crisis, a water crisis. Your word tells us in 2 Chronicles seven fourteen that if we would call on your name, we would humble ourselves and pray and seek to you that you would heal from, he heal from heaven and heal our land. Today we're doing that, Lord. We're calling on your name. We're asking you to move in a miraculous way that only you can do. We're turning from our ways and we're turning to you and we're asking you to heal our land. We know, God, that you can solve this in a matter of seconds and we ask it in the mighty name of Jesus we pray, amen. I'm delighted to be here. Uh, it was a Riverdale reunion today. I know there's a lot of uh, talks about high school, but we had four Riverdale class of 96 people in the house today. And uh, it's such a privilege to be back in the house, see everybody that I'm familiar with. And thank you for this honor. It's a blessing. God bless. Well, welcome back. And don't go anywhere because we're going to get the most out of you. Why don't you lead the pledge, too? Oh, sure. Let's do that together. 
pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you. Good to see you again, Pastor Dykes. Go ahead, Councilman Episado. Thank you, Council Chairman. Um, I would ask, I, I was trying to do it before the prayer, but if nothing else, if I could have a moment of personal privilege uh, and ask for a moment of silence in the Council Chambers. Um, we lost uh, on yesterday one of the parish, uh, one, of the, one of the most amazing public servants um, in, in our city of Kenner and Jefferson Parish uh, history. Um, many of us know Jay Sprague, who was a former assistant uh, director of, of uh, IT here in the parish, was the uh, IT director in the city of Kenner on two different stints, including most recently, and is the brother of one of our assistant directors here in the parish, Barry Sprague. Uh, Jay, being in public office, there are many blessings that I've had, and one of those blessings was the opportunity to know him. He was as unselfish as they came as excellent at his trade as any human being could be. And um, he lost his battle with cancer, and um, he was an incredible friend to many people in this room. Uh, rest assured, uh, the parish was a better place for having him in it. So I'd ask for a moment of silence. Thank you. Thank you, Councilman. Also, Councilman Lee. Yes. Um, last night, I witnessed humanity at, at its best, where our firemen, our sheriff's office deputies, as well as our state troopers, rescue a lady who tumbled in her car inside of the uh, canal near Bunch Village, the Bunch Village community on Airline Highway. And I just want to commend them for the work that they did. It was incredible. It was incredible uh, in, the, in that you had these professionals whom stepped up in such a way that the lady who was in there was able to survive. Now, I'm not sure how much trauma or how much injury she sustained, but I want to commend our firemen and our sheriff deputies. I mean, they used the jaws of life to rescue that lady out of that car. And uh, so it was, it was a miracle at work, and I just felt compelled to make sure that I go on record to say thank, thank, to thank them for what they did because truly it was a very traumatic situation. And so I just wanted to do that. So for all of our deputies who are here, as well as any of the firemen who's here, I just want to go on record to say that. Thank you, Councilman Lee. And one more moment of silence uh, before we move on. John Boyer also passed away yesterday. He was an icon in the track program in Jefferson Parish and was instrumental in the development and maintenance of that program. So we remember him after uh, he helped run track meets on the West Bank for 30 years in Jefferson Parish. Thank you. 
Madam Clerk, please call the roll. Chairman Walker. Present. Councilman Template. Present. Councilman Edwards. Present. Councilman Bonanno. Here. Councilman Lee. Here. Councilman Impostato. Present. Councilwoman Van Rankin. Present. Parish President Ms. Lee Shang. Yes. And I've completed the roll. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Madam President, I know you have nothing to talk about today, so you shouldn't take up much time. No, I'm kidding. I know saltwater intrusion is a big issue, and that's why we have some cameras here, I know. So uh, fill us in. Thank you so much. Um, yes, the saltwater intrusion issue will be the, the focus of my uh, comments today. So thank you, uh, Mr. Chairman and Council Members. I want to start off with um, assuring the public that today the water is safe to drink. We're at a normal status. Um, so please, you know, make sure uh, information getting out, incredible information is very important, and you will see us doing that. So please, uh, today we are fine. Um, we will take, and this, this, you know, this is going to be a regional approach um, as the saltwater intrusion comes forward. Uh, right now we're assisting Plaquemines Parish with uh, providing them with 100,000 gallons a day, and we are able to ramp up and give them more when they need that. And they are doing some um, construction on their side uh, to be able to accept more of our water. Uh, Plaquemines will be using that water, probably along with barging ability, to uh, blend the water or dilute the water to get it to a level that is drinkable. Um, I want to just start off by saying also Grand Isle uh, will not be a concern for us. Um, we will be able to turn on the pipes um, at Lafouche, and then certainly we're ready to help Gretna. But our attention has been focused with our teams. We have been working nonstop probably since last week, our emergency operations, our public works and waters team, engineering, our public health teams, as well as our, um, our information office. So I will let you know that we signed, I signed an emergency declaration on September 19th, and our EOC is activated at a level three, partial activation for our crisis action team. So let's go back and just understand for those who are just getting apprised of this issue, and I need everybody to really pay attention to this issue because information will be changing a lot over the last, over the next couple weeks, what brought us here. It, we have had drought conditions throughout the Mississippi River Valley, which has created a very low flow in the Mississippi River. Obviously a drought is caused by low rainfall and high weather conditions. Um, for reference in Jefferson Parish, um, it has been a hot, hot summer and a hot year. We have broken the daily high record in Jefferson Parish 40 times this year. 40 times we've broken the daily high record, 20 of those being in August, and set an all-time high record of 105 degrees on August 27th. Um, the, last, the last record that we broke was in 1980, 102 degrees. So it's very, very hot. Um, the salt water... Intrusion is making its way up from the, from the Gulf of Mexico. Um, this is problematic, and we will get into more detail because the saltwater concentration means that we won't be able to drink the water, and also because um, saltwater uh, brings a risk of corrosion to pipes, appliances, machinery, and that sort of thing. So we expect it to arrive in Jefferson Parish in about four weeks, and I'll give you the projected time changes, but... Um, the National Weather Service says in the next couple weeks we don't expect a lot of rainfall, maybe two to four inches, but they do say overall this winter will be um, a little bit wetter than average, so that will be good for us. No help in the next couple weeks, but 
uh, perhaps in the winter we will have um, a little bit more rain rainfall. But go, go back. Basically, the salt water is denser than the fresh water. The river is too low. It has a low flow, and it doesn't have a strong enough flow to keep the Gulf of Mexico from creeping up north. So you will see, uh, you just need to look at a map and follow the Mississippi upwards north, and you're going to see the, um, the communities and the parishes that are going to be affected by that. Just, just look at the river. Uh, the Corps of Engineers installed a sill in January um, at River Mile 64 to slow this down. I think uh, just two days ago they began augmenting this sill to bring it even higher to a negative 30 uh, depth level. Uh, this is anticipated to be a 24-day construction that will buy us another 10 to 14 days. So obviously this fight every day is very critical, so we're very appreciative of those efforts. Let me move down to what your Jefferson Parish Water Department looks like so people can understand it. Um, it's important as we move on in the, in the next few weeks that every household in Jefferson Parish understands their water intake. And though we are really, really want to make sure that information gets out as we approach this, people's information in the parish is going to be different depending on where their water comes from. So what might work? and be a, a message in Gretna might not be the same message for Kenner residents, okay? So that's very, very critical for people to understand. There are three intakes in Jefferson, Jefferson Parish where you get your water from. We have six municipalities in Jefferson Parish. The only municipality that provides its own water is Gretna. They're going to be hit first. Um, Gretna produces about 4 million gallons a day. Um, the saltwater arrival time in Gretna is October 24th, and there's almost there's about 17,000 people served uh, from this area. Second is the West Jefferson intake. This is for people on the West West Bank. This serves about 30 million gallons a day, um, and it'll it will arrive there on October 25th. Again, these dates are changing, could change. It's, it depends on modeling from the Corps of Engineers. These are the latest dates that we got last Friday. And then it, it'll come around, it'll go through New Orleans, and it'll come around to the East Bank, the East Jefferson water intake at about 40, 45 million gallons a day. We're expecting that on October 29th, and that serves nearly 250,000 people. Uh, West Wego's billing might look different. They buy their water from us, but it is the water on the West Jeff side, okay? Um, so please make sure you understand, you have to understand um, where, where your intake is from. So when you hear the dates that the Corps gives, there's a toe that leads the, is the leading edge is the toe. They call it the toe. And about 15 miles back, they measure, they believe that the surface water salinity at that point is 250 parts per million, which is where the Louisiana Department of Health and our department would issue a do not drink advisory. So when the core, if you've seen the chart by the core, um, that is the date where you cannot drink the water. That is not when the tow arrives. The tow would already have been passed that time. That date is where the, the water is not drinkable. Uh, fortunately for us in Jefferson Parish, we have our own testing lab on the East Bank, so we will be able to test this water. Again, the, norm, the normal water levels are today. We're absolutely normal today in the 20 to 50 parts per million range. But as we get through this event, we will be publishing these daily numbers so people will understand um, what happens as the uh, chloride levels increase. Um, I want to uh, I know that we were all taken a little off guard by this. I never heard of saltwater wedge until about two weeks ago. Um, and the grocery stores, um, when some of the media came about, obviously the grocery stores were impacted, um, you know, suddenly. 
and there was a lot of um, social media about the store, the shelves being empty, which I know can be very, very frightening for people to hear. Um, water's as important to us as the air we breathe. Um, for that reason, I, we hosted a call quickly, and I want to thank my team. You know, I asked to get the call together uh, with, our, with all our local, local grocery stores, and they, were, they put that together uh, within 24 hours, and we had a call at our emergency operations center to just really explain to the grocery stores uh, what's happening. I want to make sure, you know, everybody was fully aware um, and that as this thing moves up the river, there's going to be exponential growth. So where Plaquemines is 23,000 people and St. Bernard is 23,000 people, as it turns, New Orleans is 376,000 people and Jefferson's 433,000 people. So I did not want them to see reports of, okay, it looks like we're managing this, and then it turns at Algiers, and you go from serving 67,000 people who need drinkable water to 809,000 people who need drinkable water. So that was the message that we wanted to send to them. Uh, we know we have been through a lot in our community, um, you know, COVID and storms and insurance rates. And my message to them was, uh, we're going to try to get through like we do in Jefferson Parish with as little drama as possible and as smooth as possible and as operationally sound and, and logical as possible. Um, and they can really be, they are critical in keeping our nerves calm by every single time somebody goes in a grocery store. There is a lot of water, very visible uh, for a cheap price, um, and that is absolutely critical for our citizens to see that uh, and that to discuss with their supply chains and be ready to volume up and exponentially grow very quickly because the water demand will be just that. It'll be, it will come on us um, very quickly. Uh, we also told them that storage cannot be their reason why they're not keeping waters constantly on the shelves. We will work with them. We have buildings. We have, uh, we will work with our business community. So please, if their footprint at their store or their branch uh, they need extra storage space. Storage cannot be their ability to keep water on them, their shelves. And immediately on Sunday, people were sending me pictures. I think they made a very – some of these grocery stores took um, – really took that message and put water in the front, very visible, and I think everybody's uh, nerves were calmed down. And, and I hope we can just say the water, the drinkable water, is going to be there for us. The supply is going to be there. I remind everyone – this is not a hurricane where the entire Gulf Coast from Texas to Florida is trying to buy water and gas. It's very isolated right now, four parishes in the state of Louisiana. We can do this. We will have drinkable water, I'm certain of that. So um, then we realized we needed a separate kind of another tier call with the Targets, the, the Lowe's, the Home Depot's, the convenience stores, the, the Walgreens, the CVS who also distribute water. And we had that call yesterday with them with the same message. And look, a lot of these are national distribution channels. So I really feel like I can check that box on drinking water will be available to us in, in bottle form and we can move on to other things. Um, Let's talk about a lot of the questions that are going to come up about the corrosive effects of salt water. Um, we don't really know what that looks like. We certainly believe that um, as it goes deeper, the salt water gets more dense. Um, so I've reached out. Um, I'm able to um, actually going to meet today, later on this evening, with the Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Contracts Association of Metro New Orleans. So they're aware of what's coming, and they can help us as, as experts in their field 
uh, get information out um, over, over the next weeks on what we can do to help um, reduce the impacts to our appliances and things like that. I've also reached out to the Home Builders Association. I'm going to have a meeting with them, I believe, tomorrow, again, with the same message. We need technical expertise. This is an unprecedented event. Uh, we need your guidance on what we, can, what we can tell our citizens to minimize this effect on our homes and businesses. And also reached out to the Louisiana Restaurant Association. Um, they are talking about their strategies on how they are going to continue their work um, with that. We have had daily meetings with GOSEP. Um, we have, we're hosting calls and, and on calls with the Louisiana Department of Health. Uh, they're leading the way, and, and our Sarah Babcock's leading that for us, making sure that we're touching base with hospitals, nursing homes, dialysis, communities, home health, and hospice. So um, we're working on that. And a regional information uh, team, they're called the, the JIC, we're calling it, um, is critical. Um, Credible, timely information is very, very um, important on this because so many different parishes are involved, and if wrong information gets out there in one parish, it just slows everybody up throughout that day. Phone calls are trying to correct things. Media is calling us on incorrect things, and it really just takes our time. I can't stress enough. Um, we're under the gun to try to meet this every hour of every day is critical to us. Um, and wrong information just slows this, slows this down. I can't tell you how much wrong information slows this down. So um, I'm glad to see that regionally we want to be on the same message, getting out factual information, and certainly Jefferson Parish is a part of that. Um, we've identified the, the vulnerable populations through the Louisiana Department of Health, which will be people on low-sodium diets, pregnant women, uh, infants, people with liver, kidney, cardi cardiovascular disease, and those on dialysis. So the message will be getting out from a medical point of view. Um, but w they have already identified those, those populations. And then we are going to set up a meeting, I think, Friday with the faith base and other community partners to discuss communication strategies and if we get to the point of also um, potential water distribution sites. But I do believe um, the majority of people are just going to be able to change their buying habits and start buying their, um, their, you know, when they go to the grocery or they go to the drugstore, they're going to be buying their water there. But certainly we know we have, um, we have people who this will affect their budgets, and that won't be as easy as those people. So um, our concentration on water distribution will probably be to those, uh, those folks. Let's talk about solutions. You've heard about the SIL um, and that the SIL is being augmented now, augmented now, which will slow the flow to us again by 10 to 14 days. You're hearing about reverse osmosis machines. Um, we, did, we're, we will be purchasing some of those, um, but they will not. Um, and then you've heard of barging, where the Corps is going to bring in barges. And again, this is the notion that you're going to bring in fresh water from upstream and be able to mix it with your water treatment plant and get the salinity levels down to a drinkable um, state. Many of these solutions are just not available to us in Jefferson Parish. Um, we produce 70 million gallons a day, and so if an osmosis machine only is able to produce 320,000 gallons a day, these are not solutions that are available to us. So um, I want to assure you, and I want to thank Mark leading the effort, uh, who has been working nonstop. And I've tried not to bother him. I, I said, let's leave. <laughs> let's just look at every creative way possible engineering-wise uh, to minimize these impacts. Um, and and um, we're getting close to narrowing on some options, uh, and we will give you that more information, but we're working closely with our, uh, with our other parish partners and GOSEP and the Corps, um, but they're looking at every alternative possible, but we're not really at that stage now, um, but we're, we're getting close, so stay tuned for us, um, but we are looking at every way 
exploring every possibility to minimize the impacts of us because really this does affect you know all of us in every single building um, so we, we understand um, the challenges that we have and, and trust me no no stone is being unturned with his team so I want to conclude by saying um, this is not like a hurricane where sometimes we get 120 hours to prepare. We have time to prepare. Uh, again, I'm not concerned about the water drinking supply. I believe our partners, and thank, thanks for them and, and their receptiveness to our message, uh, drinking water will be readily available. Um, our efforts are going to turn now to the long-term effects of salt water here. Um, and I, I want to thank our team. We've been through a lot, but I wouldn't go into battle with anybody else, to everybody who's been working this nonstop with, uh, with me personally um, for nearly two weeks now. I want to thank them. And we're going to be um, very, very, as uh, soon as information is ready to go out, we will, we will get that out and ask for your help to get that out as well, because we know on your social media channels, all of you, you have a lot of reach. And we want to, when information is ready to go out, we want it to get out widespread. But we certainly ask that... Um, you know, social media sometimes can can put us down wrong avenues, and that really does uh, draw away time from every everyone working together uh, to help solve this problem. Uh, we have a, a on the Jefferson Parish um, page, JeffParish.net. We have a saltwater intrusion banner up now that will pop you to the GoSet page with a lot of links. And I urge everyone to get onto JP Alert to 888-777 or JP Noticias to 888. 777. Um, but that concludes my remarks. We're certainly here. Our team is here if anybody has any questions of us. Madam President, thank you for the work that you all are doing. I know this is something that basically came out of nowhere for us, and it's, it's unlike some of the other things that we've dealt with, but what's new, right? <laughs> Give us more unprecedented things to deal with. Um, I think it's important to reemphasize, which you have emphasized, that we do have a lot of time, and there are a lot of unknowns here, and people that we're hearing from want answers today and want to know what's going to happen today a month from now. And nobody really knows. Nobody's really dealt with this before. So, uh, like you said, as soon as we get this information, we'll put it out. We'll get it out there. Um, but we do have time to prepare. It'll be at least roughly a month before we see any effects of this. And to what extent these effects are, we don't know. It could be minor. It could be major. And we're waiting to find out along with everyone else. But the source of information is important. And as soon as we know something, um, get it from trusted sources, not your friend who knows somebody who heard something from somebody. Get it from your government sources and the media outlets. And certainly uh, when that information is available, it'll be pushed out to you all. Uh, Councilman Templin. Yeah, just, just real fast, I just want to echo some of the same things Representative Councilman Walker had said. You know, thanks for working closely with us. You have been keeping us informed, and we're all working on this together. Uh, you know, the parish declared a, a state of emergency, declaration of emergency, so has the state. Later in the meeting, I'll have a resolution coming from the floor requesting that the president and our congressional delegation declare a state of emergency to help us assist us with this problem because it's, it's not just ours area, it's, it's all of our areas that are impacted by it, and we need all the help we can get with this. So just wanted to let you know that. Councilman Bonanno. Just real briefly, Madam Parish President, you touched on this real quickly, and it's probably an explanation that Mr. Drews is going to have to um, provide us with. Council District 2 contains most of the industrial areas in the parish. So right here in Elmwood, it goes without saying, there are businesses that use thousands of gallons of water every day to keep their freezers and refrigerators going. And to say they're panicked is an understatement. So I want to be clear because I've gotten this question the last couple of days. Why isn't Jefferson Parish hooking up reverse osmosis? Because they see it in Plaquemines. You could explain the size difference between what goes on in Plaquemines and here and then the fact that there aren't machines that big just sitting on a shelf somewhere. Yes. 
Go ahead. Okay. Can you hear me? Uh, look, it's simple as this. Most of your machines on. at the core is able to get, nope. uh, which is tough. It's on here. We can't hear him well. Can we turn up his volume? Yeah, I want everybody. On the Public Works microphone? Okay. No. It's a little better. Uh, look, it, the biggest machine the core is typically getting for these municipalities or Plaquemine, the smallest systems, is one million gallons, Okay. So you can imagine if I got to put out 70 million gallons a day, I need 35 million gallons a day to cut the salt water level in half, okay? Because I would take 35,000 from the 35 million from the river and 35 million. That's just not practical, and it's not something that it's easy where you can string these machines together. So that's just not an option that's viable for us, similar to Orleans. Orleans on a Carrollton pumps out 130 million gallons a day. So for, it's not just us. We're just too big in our systems to handle it. Thank you for that explanation. And if I can, um, if I can add on that for our citizens in Gretna, those options may be available for our citizens in Gretna. So when you heard the core speak about this at the governor's press conference last week, they kind of looked at barging and reverse osmosis, and they kind of cut it off at Gretna. So it might be available to Plaquemines and St. Bernard and even Gretna and Jefferson Parish. So um, I think, and we can push more water to Gretna. So Gretna may have the ability uh, to blend and, and get that, you know, uh, upstream water into their water system because they only do 4 million gallons a day. I would like to also add that coincidentally, Mayor Constant, Parish President Hinckley, and I were in D.C. Uh, last week um, on a different project lobbying for funds, and it was perfect timing because it affected all of us. We were the parish presidents and the mayor who really this was affecting uh, last last um, Tuesday to Thursday, and we were able to get in front of all the con congressional staffers and just explain the urgency of this. I mean, this was, you know, they understood it, but I don't think they really, um, this was still kind of developing at the time. Um, so that was just very fortunate timing for us that um, we were, we were, you know, stressing the urgency of this at their level. Thank you, Madam President. Anyone else? All right. Thank you. Councilman Templet, Gretna Fest is on the agenda. Yes. Well, thank you, and I uh, appreciate the opportunity uh, for everyone to allow us to show a little bit about Gretna Fest. Uh, this is the 29th year that the Gretna Heritage Festival has been uh, produced here in Jefferson Parish in the city of Gretna, and it's one of the largest, safest family venues uh, in this Jefferson Parish as well as in the state. Uh, and we're very proud to be able to present it to you. You know, once again, most of you know the story. This really just started uh, to be able to promote just a day of community involvement and an opportunity for our nonprofit groups to raise money for their organizations. Because let's per perfectly be clear, every storm, uh, every major event we have, our nonprofit groups do what government can't do and businesses won't. Uh, they are there for our people. So we wanted to make sure they had an opportunity to raise funds. And this event still hosts nonprofits first before they allow businesses uh, to uh, be part of the event. Uh, the event grew from one day, a couple hundred people, to now this year we're looking over fifty to 60,000 people with a great lineup with uh, three stages and uh, with, other, with two small stages that makes five. And great family event. Y'all come on out. It's on the 6th, 7th, and 8th. And uh, let it roll, please.
Once again, just come on out and enjoy a great event, October 6th, 7th, and 8th, and I'll bring your families and be proud of where you live. And thank you. Thank you, Councilman Templet. Uh, Chief Lawson is here. Did you want to talk about Gretna Fest in any way, shape, or form? Okay. All right, let's move on to a person's wishing to appear before, to appear before the council regarding anything on the addendum agenda or agenda. You have three minutes to speak. You must fill out a request to speak card in the back of chambers, hand it up to the front. Please give your name and address for the record. Al Morella, 4260 East Royal Drive, Kennel 5th District, unincorporated Jefferson, 4th District, 51 years, 29 and 30. We'll go with 29 first. We got an increase of 147,000. $755.47, an additional 273 working days. We got unforeseen obstructions here and additional work. We also got a $7,500 reduction of credit as a result of a surplus of materials because the materials for this project was estimated. Now, we go to 30. We got an increase of 5000 uh, $250, which represents 13%. Uh, unforeseen obstructions, once again, additional work. Total uh, now is $45,721. Um, and go back to 29, that that's, uh, represents a 5.33 or 5.3% increase. Okay? Now, uh, I want to say this to Mark Drews. You are uh, another now potential recipient for when the good Lord calls me out here to, to get my vocal cords. Because I guarantee you, you won't have no problem with a mic going out if you get these cords. Anybody got any comments, any questions? Thank you. Frankie Hires, 509 Home Boulevard. Just trying to spark a little curiosity and away we go, right? Saltwater intrusion was a topic, and we're under emergency declaration for the 10th time, a 30-day extension. So I'm going to tie this to that. This was a case study in an environmental science class I was in 30 years ago. So the notion that we didn't see this coming, that this came out of the blue, it was announced for Plaquemines over a month ago. No foresight, too much power and too few hands, too busy clapping ourselves, patting ourselves on the back, taking photo ops and indulging pride, vanity, sloth, gluttony, greed, envy, and wrath. Y'all run the gamut. I don't even know where to begin. You're not qualified to do tax assessments. You don't understand what the word apportionment means. Direct taxes are a property tax. Property taxes are a direct tax. Representatives and direct taxes shall be apportioned. Until you're apportioned, you got no 
You're like a child that wandered into a movie with no frame of reference. You got 1, 2, 19 to 20, 23 to 24, 35, 40, 44 to 46, 48 to 58, 71 to 74, 79 and 85. Can you find an engineer that's not on our dime? Is there anyone that's pissed off the council enough to not get hired as an engineer? Anyone? They had to really get in trouble if they couldn't get your money, my money, our money. And every tax exemption raises taxation for everybody else. If you don't understand the uniformity clause, how am I supposed to trust any tax exemption you pass? The Jeffersonian, I just need a government that's frugal and simple. If you could explain how you're empowered, I could quit doing this. But you won't. You can't. There's only one other parish that does it, right? Now, as to the crotchets of ingenuity, the crotchets of ingenuity that the passions of the day give rise to, restoration tax abatement program, that's a crotchet of ingenuity. It's something that looks like it makes sense, sounds like it makes sense, but you got no principles upon which it's based. And it falls apart under scrutiny. That's a crotchet of ingenuity just in case anybody doesn't understand what I'm talking about. Crotchets ingenuity, like financial notes, the bond processes. We've had somebody come in here tell you, nobody will come in and bid any of this because they see it as a foregone conclusion. Y'all in cahoots on all this stuff. And it's not surprising to me, I got too much power and too few hands, arbitrarily empowered, so I got to keep coming up here and doing the same thing each meeting after meeting. Y'all could do better. Y'all are well-intended. You won't respond to anybody unless they're patting you on the back or begging and pleading for something that a citizen shouldn't be forced to do. It's done being a servant to my government. Thank you. Anyone else? Could I, could I please, Councilman? Councilman Pastano. <clears throat> I will undoubtedly regret this. <laughs> but... I just would like to say on my own behalf, I can't speak for my six colleagues up here, nor the parish president, but if there is any issue, Mr. Heyer, that you're aware of and educated on for as far back as 30-plus years, and you have foresight that could assist us, in lieu of discussing stop signs and other things, I am happy to receive that information and knowledge going forward to help educate me because... If you had this working knowledge for the last 30 years that the saltwater intrusion was coming, um, I would have loved to have known about it, and that would assist me uh, more so than some of the Thomas Jefferson discussions that we have. So I'm only speaking on my behalf, and I'm sure that I will live to regret such a statement going forward for the rest of my life. But what few brain cells I've been able to preserve uh, in these discussions, I'd like to maintain. I'm willing to offer up in the future. Thank you, Council Chairman. Thank you. Go ahead, ma'am. Routine Lucia, 1404 North Bengal Road. I have a problem with a garbage company. Ma'am, this is for the end of the meeting, which you, your statement is for the public comment at the end. This is for items on the agenda or addendum agenda oh, right I'm now. I'm sorry. Okay. It won't be too far away. Just when we, when we mention at the end of the meeting for other items, make sure you, you stand up. Anyone else? All right, that takes us to uh, item number one and Board of Review. Madam Clerk, please read that item. A resolution that in coordinates with advertisements in the local newspaper and the Louisiana statutes pertaining thereto, 
the Jefferson Parish Council does this day now sit as a board of review of the assessment valuations of properties in the Parish of Jefferson for the year 2023 and shall conduct a public hearing to hear from those taxpayers desiring to protest their assessment, which taxpayers shall have timely filed the reports as required by Acts 702 and 705 of 1976. Councilman Template, your motion? I move. Any objections to the adoption of the resolution? A motion of Councilman Template, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none so ordered, that brings us to our public hearings. And uh, Mr. Assessor, if you'd like to come to the podium at this point. I want y'all to know this is a very auspicious occasion. Once a year, once a year, we get Mr. Capella to wear a coat and tie. Today is that day. For this. Good morning, uh, wonderful council. Uh, Mr. Chairman, I'm going to defer to see if I, I believe we have one challenge from uh, Ms. Adolph from Baton Rouge for some Walgreens, and then I'll talk after that if that's okay. Okay, sure. Come on up, ma'am. Excuse me, Mr. Chairman. I need to read it. Good morning, Angela Adolph. Uh, one second, I have to read. We have to open. I have to open the public hearing. So we now open the public hearing on item number one. Item number two, we need to read. I'm sorry. Gotcha. I'm sorry. Thought we had to get to number two afterwards. Okay, uh, Madam Clerk, read number two, please, with the amendments. A resolution of the Jefferson Parish Council of Jefferson Parish, Louisiana, acting as governing authority of said parish and sitting as a board of review of the tax assessments in Jefferson Parish. And the amendments are that the two remaining protests are Walgreens Company and Flanagan Bilton LLC. Any objections to the amendments being brought from the floor? Hearing none, Councilman Template, your motion on the amendments? I move. Any objections to the adoption of the amendments on motion of Councilman Template, seconded by Councilman Walker? Hearing none, so ordered. So now we open the public hearing for agenda item number two. Anyone in favor, please come forward. I assume you're opposed. That's why you're there. Anyone in favor, please come forward. All right. Anyone opposed, please come forward now. Go ahead, ma'am. Hi. Uh, good morning. I'm Angela Adolph. I'm here on behalf of Walgreens. Uh, we submitted income information, expense information, and a cost analysis for the seven stores that we've appealed in uh, Jefferson Parish. I really um, just... Have, I'm here to answer any questions that y'all might have about the submissions. Um, we met with the, uh, visited with the assessor's office several times to discuss them. And uh, in, in prior years, we've been able to settle some of them. Um, this year, we weren't, so we're going forward with the appeals. Thank you. I'm in opposition, as I previously stated, lacking for an apportioned body with no understanding what it means to have direct taxes, property taxes apportioned, I oppose every action you take on these issues on grounds of the Constitution we're sworn to support and defend. That's myself and at least the seven of you. And if that's all in opposition, we'll invite the assessor up now to the podium. And I, uh, in response, I will simply state that you are statutorily sitting as a board of review to be authorized to do so. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Chairman, and it's always an honor to be back before before you guys. Um, as far as the, the challenge we have this year, which is actually very rare, I think it's only our first or second in the 12 years, uh, but we've worked with Walgreens. We have not increased uh, their values in the last four years. Our reassessment is not till next year. So the numbers we have are from uh, 20, uh, 2020. We'll reassess the whole parish next year. 
We work on that over the four years, but these numbers haven't changed. There's seven stores. Uh, we take into account all three approaches as I must by law. The cost approach, which means what it would, what, what would it, how much it would be to build a new building cost, what would the cost be? A sales approach, if one building sells and another one, what, did they, what was the sales price? And an income approach, how much money do they make on a commercial property? How much money did the Walgreens take in? Uh, we're very, very comfortable with the numbers. Over the last four years, we've actually reduced a couple of the seven stores. We have not increased uh, any of them. For instance, there was uh, one sale uh, that the, the Walgreens was, was sold, or they, they, they bought it in May of 2022 for $8.3 million, and we have it on for $6.2 million. We gave them the break because of the tough economy, because of COVID, uh, because of what's going on with employees, uh, and they still want it for $3.4 million. And most of them that you see are very similar. So while we, we agree and try to work with everyone that comes in, unfortunately, uh, we're not be able, able to give what Walgreens wants because they come every year asking for reductions, even on the years when we don't raise their uh, assessed value, which is the last four years. So uh, we would appreciate you uh, approving our role. Uh, they will have then an opportunity to go to the tax commission if they'd like to appeal you, but we're very comfortable with our numbers. If there's any specific questions on the numbers we have that were provided to you, I'd be glad to answer that. Any questions? All right. Thank you, Mr. Sessions. Don't go anywhere. Let's get through this, and then I have one question for you not regarding this. So, Madam Clerk, note that one appeared in opposition and uh, one assessor appeared in favor. Councilman Templet, your motion? Move. What did I say? Here. Two opposition. Two in opposition. Two in opposition and the assessor. Uh, Councilman Templet, your motion? I move. Any objections to the approval of agenda item number two on motion of Councilman Templet, seconded by Councilman Walker? Hearing none, so ordered. Uh, I just had a question, uh, Mr. Sesser, about the uh, reassessment next year. We saw all the news about Orleans Parish last year when people went through the roof because they saw 30, 40 percent uh, assessments to their property, and, and it was frankly unaffordable for a lot of people what do you foresee as you reassess as you begin the reassessment process for us next year sure and i again appreciate the question we have 176,000 or so parcels in jefferson parish about 15,000 of those are commercial 102,000 are homes with homestead exemptions the rest are non-homestead exemptions and apartments every four years we reassess those numbers that are coming for 2024 and again we work on it over four years are not going to be anywhere near the, the, the numbers that Orleans Parish Assessor's Office presented, 20, 30, 40, 50 percent. We do not have that. Uh, our numbers are normally pretty good. Over the four years, you, it will go up. Most of the time it does go up, which is a good thing. Your home is your biggest investment. Over the course of four years, you don't want the value to go down. But we, are, we don't have any numbers that show that we're going to be 20, 30, 40 percent. 3%, maybe 5%, maybe 2%. Some areas are, are flat and stagnant. So it always is an increase, which is a good thing under our system because with the increase of the value, the millages that people pay automatically roll back, right, so that they're not paying any more taxes to the government. We, the people, vote on the taxes when for a certain value. When that value goes up, the taxes roll back so the people aren't paying, paying any more. And thanks to the leadership of this council, the parish does not roll forward, and I appreciate that. I would encourage you to continue to do that and ask that the other taxing districts follow your lead and not roll forward. 
if there is more money that a taxing district needs and they ask the people for the money and the people agree on the tax, no problem. That's what the system is for. That's what the sheriff's office, if y'all remember, did a couple of years ago. They needed new dollars. They put it on the ballot. The people voted for it. But when you roll a millage forward after a rollback, that is getting the same millage for a higher value, you're getting more money than we the people voted for. Uh, we have in our parish, it went up from 128, 128 mills to 131 mills last year, and that was because the people voted for a sewage and water increase which was the majority of it. Unfortunately, the East, East Jefferson Levy District did roll forward a small amount, so that was the increase from 128.11 mills to 131.45 mills, which is still way lower than the 147 mills approximately that New Orleans pays. So if I can break that down for you, for every $100,000 in Jefferson Parish, you pay $1,314. For every $100,000 in Orleans, for example, it's $1,468. So uh, the values will go up. That's a good thing. It's your biggest employment, but nowhere near the numbers where New Orleans came. And so if we, if we continue with not rolling forward, the people will not see uh, a, big, a big increase in their taxes or an increase at all unless they vote for it. Thank you very much. Any questions, anybody? Thank you, Mr. Assessor. And again, thank you all for your leadership and not rolling forward. That's very good. It's an honor always to be back with you. And Ms. Eula, I'm going to miss you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we all will. Thank you for being here. All right, our item number three is executive session. We'll come back to that in about an hour. I have a note that numbers four and five will be deferred to our October 18th meeting. Uh, Councilwoman Van Ranken, your motion on uh, the deferral of items four and five. Actually, let's defer them to the next East Bank Council meeting, uh, four Which and is five. Eleven eight. Yes. All right. Any objections to the deferral of items four and five to November 8th on motion of Councilwoman Van Ranken, seconded by Councilman Walker? Hearing none, so ordered. That takes us to item number six, please, Madam Clerk. Summary number 26189, approving SP-72-22, requested variances to the area regulations, the landscape and buffer requirements, and the sign regulations for Chick-fil-A located at 3501 Airline Drive on lot B-1-A, square 118, Shrewsbury Subdivision, Council District 5. We now have the public hearing for summary number 26189. Anyone in favor, please come forward. Anyone opposed? All right. I'm sorry, sorry. In favor or opposition? In favor. Okay, we got two. Yes, sir. You're both in favor? Yes. Go ahead. Quick things. I'm, I live in the neighborhood uh, on Bovey Street. Been there 24 years now and looking forward to this. That, that lot's been interesting for the last 20 years, and our, I feel our neighborhood needs a good, uh, uh, good neighbor that will take care of the property and grow the area. So, Definitely in favor. Thank you. Good morning. Uh, thanks for the opportunity to be before you. I also want to say thank you to Council Member uh, Van Drankendyer. Um, really uh, also just want to say thank you to the neighborhood and the community uh, for working with us. My name is Patrick Davis. I'm with Chick-fil-A Development, Director of Development and Construction uh, over the Southwest region. Um, we've just been really excited, again, as I mentioned, to, to, to hear from the neighbors over the last couple of months since we've had our planning and zoning committee uh, or planning meeting. Uh, and we've 
we've uh, really leaned into the opportunity to make some changes to accommodate some of their concerns as it relates to landscaping. Um, we've reduced some parking to uh, to reduce that that buffer between airline and our and our and our property. And uh, again, we're just really excited to expand our presence here in the community, uh, here in Greater New Orleans and in Jefferson Parish. And I also want to take an opportunity to uh, introduce the owner-operator who will be here uh, in the community, Mr. Ralph Borders, and invite him to say something. Good morning. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Um, I've been an operator for 12 years. I've been with Chick-fil-A for 19 years. Um, I love the company and I love the impact that we get to have in the community. Um, my family and I are excited to be a part of the Jefferson Parish community and the Metairie uh, community. We're committed to being good neighbors and part of that um, is understanding the impact that we could potentially have on the community with traffic patterns. We're very sensitive to that. Um, I'm excited that y'all have been working with us. Um, thank you, Patrick, for, for working to help ease some of these concerns. Um, we're committed to working with the lot that we've been given. Um, it's been uh, strategically designed to help ease these concerns, uh, to minimize the impact of traffic um, on our neighbors in the community that's right behind us. We understand it's a, it's a busy area, a busy thoroughway there on airline. And so we're committed to uh, being good neighbors um, to the community um, with our presence there, but also um, being a preferred employer. Um, our restaurants in Jefferson Parish currently employ about 650 team members. Um, we plan to add 150 more to that number. Um, everything from part-time jobs to leadership positions and opportunities outside of the restaurant for people who want to pursue a career at the Chick-fil-A home office or to be owner-operators um, themselves. Um, we're excited to continue to work with the nonprofits and the organizations that we have strong relationships with, a couple of which would be Junior Achievement um, as well as Children's of New Orleans. And so overall, just thank you. Um, we appreciate your support. My family's here with me. Um, they're going to try to stand. Um, this is my wife, Christy, and our five children. Um, and we have some uh, local operators, Chick-fil-A owner-operators here with us as well. And so thank you again for your support. We're just really excited and thankful to be a part of this community. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And let me just say kudos uh, on your parenting skills because your children have been <laughs> sitting quietly through what is not the most exciting meeting. So <laughs> absolutely. We're really, um, we're delighted. This um, to me is such a great example of our process working because um, one of the things I love, our Johnson Street neighbors and their surrounding streets are very outspoken. They will tell you exactly what they think, what they like, what they don't like. So I appreciated their input and their candor about um, your original plan and what they wanted to see um, change. Thank you for being so responsive. I know you added the, the trees that they wanted, the buffering, the landscaping. They really wanted it to look very nice because you're their neighbor. Um, and you did that. Also, thank you for working um, with our traffic engineering department, um, our engineers, as well as DOTD, to make sure ingress and egress um, were, you know, not problematic. And we will look to continue to work with you because, as we know, um, we have a lot of Chick-fil-A fans in our community. And so as uh, traffic starts to flow into your site once you're in business, we will look to make sure together we can address any issues on traffic patterns or traffic flow that come up. But something very important about your site that we learned in this process, I think everybody's reference point is the Chick-fil-A on veterans that often has traffic backed up onto veterans. That's a much smaller site than this site, correct? 
Okay, so this site, we understand, has tremendous stacking capacity of cars in two drive-throughs, as well as um, 70-something parking spaces on the lot. So you're just a bigger footprint to accommodate traffic on your site than the uh, the, the original Chick-fil-A on yeah, the east Yeah, Bank. we're about 40% larger on this site compared to the site on Veterans. Great. Well, thank you very much for working with our neighbors to get to a good final result. And um, I uh, happily approve this item as, uh, as you all have amended it to address the concerns. So thank you. And smart for raising your own workforce as well, thinking ahead. <laughs> thank you for being here. Anyone else in favor? I get so rarely the chance to do this. Yes, Frankie Hires rising in favor of this. I can't wait to have it done. Thank you. I don't know what to think. Right. I don't know how to process that. I guess anyone else in favor? Lunch thing. <laughs> anyone in opposition? All right, Madam Clerk, note that three appeared in favor, none in opposition. Councilwoman Van Franken. Move to approve. Any objections to the approval of summary number 26189, a motion of Councilwoman Van Franken, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. Item number seven, please. Summary number 26190, waiving the required hard and previous surface for the parking lot of the Bethlehem Baptist Church located at 1818 Shrewsbury Road from October 1st, 2023 through October 1st, 2025. Council District 2. We now have the public hearing for summary number 26190. Anyone in favor, please come forward. Anyone in opposition, please come forward. Madam Clerk, note that no one appeared. Councilman Bonanno. Move for approval. Any objections to the approval of summary number 26190, a motion of Councilman Bonanno, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. Item number eight, please. Summary number 26191, revoking and declaring unimproved half street right away immediately adjacent to lot one, square 17, Pontchartrain Garden Subdivision, Municipal Address 5249 Love Lane Street, Metairie, no longer needed for any public purpose and authorizing the sale thereof to the adjacent property owners for appraised value. Council District 4. We now open the public hearing for summary number 26191. Anyone in favor, please come forward. Anyone in opposition? Madam Clerk, note that no one appeared. Councilman Impostato. Any objection to the approval of summary number 26191 on motion of Councilman Impostato, seconded by Councilman Walker? Hearing none, so ordered. Item number nine, please. Summary number 26192, declaring various tax adjudicated properties no longer needed for public purpose and authorizing the transfer to said properties to the Housing Services Development District pursuant to Louisiana Revised Statutes 472121 for the development of affordable housing, Council District 3. We now open the public hearing for summary number 26192. Anyone in favor, please come forward. Anyone in opposition? Right back at it, Frankie Hires, and I'm going to oppose these things. Every, every time that we're taking properties, and it's because of a tax adjudication, when we don't understand what it means to have a portion taxation where property taxes are concerned, I'm going to have to rise in opposition. Essentially, it was wonderful to have the tax assessor explain what millage means, right, to go through that. I don't think, I don't know how many people actually had that sink in to where they could explain it to somebody else as though they understand it, but you cannot approve what you do not understand. It's that simple. The problem with the will of the people voting for millages is that we can't hold each other accountable and we can always escape that. That's why they're supposed to be apportioned. It was because of carpetbaggers. 
Now, how many people in this in this chamber own property outside the parish that may not suffer to this taxation? How many people know the tax assessor, know the ways to escape or evade tax? That's the concern. That's why they're supposed to be apportioned. If it's a direct tax, this is a, it's, as soon as we form a country, give it the right to, the power to reach in our wallets, we set this principle up for this particular reason. So we'd all understand exactly what was going on. And the apportion principle here would make it so that if we didn't understand, if we faced taxes that we didn't understand, we could count on a representative. The representative power, you got to pay the cost to be the boss. That's what the apportion principle breaks down to. If you're going to impose taxes, you have to pay more for the privilege. If you put it to the will of the people, who am I holding the account? Who's going to pay more? You got every statute. Those are all crotchets ingenuity. If you've got statutes that allow you to avoid the principles of the Constitution that you're sworn to support and defend, that's fundamental, folks. That's why I got to do this. I oppose. Anyone else in opposition? Madam Clerk, note that one appeared in opposition. Councilman Lee? Any objections to the approval of summary number 26192 on motion of Councilman Lee, seconded by Councilman Walker? Hearing none, so ordered. Item 10, please. Summary number 26180, authorizing the issuance of not to exceed $17 million of revenue bonds, 24th Judicial District Court Drug Court Project Series 2023 in one or more series, prescribing the form, fixing the details, and providing for the payment of principal and interest on such bonds for the rights of the owners thereof and providing for other matters in connection therewith. We now open the public hearing for summary number 26180. Anyone in favor, please come forward. Anyone in opposition? Madam Clerk, note that no one appeared. Councilman Template, your motion? I move. Any objections to the approval of summary number 26180 and motion of Councilman Template, seconded by Councilman Walker? Hearing none, so ordered. Item number 11, please. Summary number 26184, amending Chapter 31 of the Code of Ordinances of Jefferson Parish, Louisiana, by adding Article 3, multi-jurisdictional cooperation, and by adding Section 31-30, Major Crimes Task Force, to provide relative to required annual appropriations. We now open the public hearing for summary number 26184. Anyone in favor, please come forward. Anyone in opposition? Madam Clerk, note that no one appeared. Councilman Templet, your motion. I move, I move favorable. I'd like to just make a comment, though, if, if possible. Go ahead. I move favorable. Uh, if everyone knows, this is uh, the, ta the crime task force has that been implemented back in the day. It was called the West Bank Major Crime Task Force, uh, and now is the parish-wide crime task force that has been so successful in helping us uh, fight crime throughout the region, not just through Jefferson Parish. This crime task force has basically no boundaries to where it works closely with New Orleans, Plaquemines, Oswego, Gretna, Lafitte, uh, you know, Kenner, uh, and, uh, you know, Jefferson Parish. Uh, it, it has helped fight crime without any boundaries. We all know water and crime has no limits and no boundaries. And this task force helps create that to where our law enforcement can put warrants out in other parts of the parishes with, throughout the whole region. Uh, it has like a 92% conviction rate. Uh, and it's one of these tools that we all say in our comments uh, while we're running that, you know, we all want tools for our law enforcement to be able to have in their tool chests. And this is one of those uh, tools that they all need 
Uh, and each year we try to fund this uh, through each district uh, and scrounge the money to keep it going. Uh, this takes it permanently and funds it uh, to make sure it is continuing to protect the citizens of Jefferson Parish and the region as a whole. Your motion again? I move favorably. Any objections to the approval of summary number two? If oh, I may, sorry, no. Councilman Impostato, okay. I didn't see your selection. Okay. Um, yeah, I want to pledge my support as well and give a little more context as I've gotten questions from some of the people here in the audience about it. And to understand how important this is, what this has been used for, this task force has been used for on both banks, including the East Bank, and I've got some testimonials from some of the East Bank law enforcement officers on this. This is used, this task force is used for the execution of search warrants parish-wide, SWAT roles on the East Bank to provide additional SWAT resources, undercover operations, the sharing of resources, whether it be canine dogs, uh, vehicles, additional resources that one department may have more than another. This has been used on the East Bank as well. That's allowed drug seizures, narcotic um, arrests to be done, uh, and really enhanced our ability of law enforcement parish-wide to be successful. Since 2021, so just in two years alone, this major crimes task force is credited with 227 cases investigated, 238 arrests, over 100 firearms removed from the streets from criminals, thousands of doses of narcotics, including marijuana, fentanyl, crack, cocaine, heroin, crystal meth, ecstasy, LSD, prescription bill, pills. That's what this has done. The results have spoken for themselves. So for that, I'll continue my, my support, and I'm, I'm proud to stand in support uh, with my colleagues for a permanent source of funding to keep our law enforcement properly uh, staffed and with the resources they need to fight crime. Thank you, Council Chairman. Anyone else? All right, Councilman Templet, your motion one more time. I move favorable. Any objections to the approval of summary number 26184, a motion of Councilman Templet, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. That takes us to item number 12 and the operating budget, please. Summary number 26193, amending the 2023 operating budget, and the amendments are to allocate $50,000 from Council District 2's off-track betting fund to Parkways Capital for beautification projects in River Ridge. Allocate $50,000 from Council District 2's video poker fund to Parkways Capital for beautification projects in River Ridge. Allocate $100,000 from Council District 3's video poker fund to Parkways Capital for beautification projects in River Ridge. Allocate $540 from Council District 3's Westmink Riverboat Gaming Fund to pay an invoice to JPSO for security details in the Westminster subdivision. Allocate $200,000 from Council District 1's Hospital Service Development District No. 1 Health and Fitness Account to Recreation Capital for repairs to the tennis, pickleball courts, and the resurfacing of the walking trail at Oakdale Playground. And that's all the amendments I have. Any objections to the amendments being brought from the floor? Hearing none, Councilman Templet, your motion on the amendments? I move favorably. Any objection to the adoption of the amendments? A motion of Councilman Templet, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. Um, go ahead, Councilman Lee, before we open the public hearing. Councilman uh, Bonanno and I had uh, made a decision uh, that beautification uh, throughout the uh, River Ridge area 
as well as in the greater Harahan area would be beneficial. And so uh, this uh, amendment uh, allows for the, the 100000 from from my district as well as 100000 that he had placed before to m ensure that beautification does take place, and we're excited about that. And so I just wanted to mention that because I had committed to doing so, and so we're very pleased with that. All right, so now open the public hearing for summary number 26193. Anyone in favor, please come forward. Al Morella, 4260 East Loyola Drive, 5th District, County, 4th District, Unincorporated, Jefferson, 51 years. I'm in favor of it, and I'm going to tell you why. Because I'm always pleased to see that the money from that multi-billion dollar gaming industry in this state is being put to good use instead of lying in somebody's pocket. That's why I'm in favor of it. Anybody got any comments, any questions? Thank you. Good morning. Nancy Pearson, 8924 Rensu in River Ridge, president of the River Ridge Community Association. And on behalf of that association, I want to thank you. We are blessed to live in Jefferson Parish and to have leaders like you guys who listen Sometimes it takes a little while, but you do listen and you do act when we do what we're supposed to do to get it done. And I appreciate the fact we've been working on this for two years. And once the state gets finished with tearing up the road and fixing it again, we'll actually be able to have beautiful medians in River Ridge. So thank you very much on behalf of all of us in River Ridge, both of you councilmen. Nancy, I'm glad you brought that up because we're not going to do this until after the state's finished tearing everything up. So tell your members it'll be next year sometime. It may be after that. It may be after that. We've been with Bo Brothers for a while now. So uh, I had a conversation two days ago with them, and it may be uh, two years. It may be. So, but it'll get there. But thank you very much, all of you. Anyone else in favor? Anyone in opposition? Red pill coming to stand. I, I don't have anything against good works. And, and I believe that if River Ridge had their own representative to a, an actually a portion body, this wouldn't have taken two years to get done. And Bow Brothers wouldn't be a roadblock either. But that's, you know, as, a, as an optimistic Jeffersonian, I, I see that as, a, as an, a, uh, something we could achieve. However, Article 1... Section 8, Clause 1, got to have uniformity with sales taxes, and we failed here. The East Bank is paying a half a percent more on the hospitality industry than the West Bank. Now, if y'all change that, just lower the taxes on the East Bank or raise the West if you must. Of course, I'm uh, pretty against any raising of any taxes, especially when we do so with such great arbitrary power at hand. So... Just on the principles of the Constitution, I swore to support and defend. I have to oppose this because we can't get uniformity when it comes to taxation. As long as we allow for the power and taxes to be done, if we allow the power to be held by means we cannot explain, then all the good works, all the good deeds are nothing but an ill-gotten gain. I'm glad to see that, Mr. Hires, as a councilman, you believe we exercise authority over the governor of Louisiana and his Department of Transportation and can tell Bow Brothers when they can do their work. Thank you. Anyone else in opposition? Mm. Madam Clerk, note that two appeared in favor, one appeared in opposition. Councilman Template, your motion? I move. Any objections to the approval of summary number 26193? A motion of Councilman Template, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. Let's move to item, item number 13 in the uh, 
Capital budget with amendments, please. Summary number 26194, amending the 2023 capital budget. And the amendments are to allocate $93,600 from Council District 2's CDIA general fund for a CEA with, with West We Go for police units, recognize a transfer of $50,000 from Council District 2's off-track betting fund to Parkways Capital for beautification projects in River Ridge, recognize a transfer of $50,000 from Council District 2's video poker fund to Parkways Capital for beautification projects in River Ridge, Recognize a transfer of $100,000 from Council District 3's Video Poker Fund to Parkways Capital for beautification projects in River Ridge. Recognize a transfer of $200,000 from Council District 1's Hospital Service Development District No. 1 Health and Fitness Account to Recreation Capital for repairs to the tennis, pickleball courts, and the resurfacing of the walking trail at Oakdale Playground. And that's all the amendments I have. Any objections to the amendments being brought from the floor? Hearing none, Councilman Template, your motion on the amendments? I move. Any objections to the adoption of the amendments? A motion of Councilman Template, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. We now open the public hearing for summary number 26194. Anyone in favor, please come forward. Anyone in opposition? Same old story. Article 1, Section 8, Clause 1. You know, the influence of an office of trust can accomplish a lot. Perhaps if any of the council members had showed up to redress the disenfranchised nature of our delegation to the state, perhaps we'd have more impact, more influence over the Department of Transportation. But nobody showed up here to address how disenfranchised our Jefferson Parish delegation to the state is. We only got one senator that speaks on behalf of Je only Jefferson Parish. Six others have to represent other parishes. This council could do better. I'm not trying to chastise anybody that's holding office. I'm not speaking about anybody personally. It's the construct that's flawed. Two districts given four out of seven votes. That's a minority rule form of government. That doesn't even qualify as a democracy. You all could figure this out. If we had a representative Republican form of government that were guaranteed in the Constitution, Jefferson Parish would be the second largest state at the first enumeration, second only behind Virginia. More people living in Jefferson Paris than the state of Pennsylvania at that time. Figure it out. Sir, you, you are running for office, right? So you are running for office as well, right? I'm a qualified candidate for Division A, yeah. I just want to make sure that that was clear. Yeah, but I'm not running for that office. I'm running to end that office. I'll <laughs> <laughs> be out of job. I'm glad that's clear now. Uh, Madam Clerk, note that one appeared in opposition. Councilman Template, your motion? I move. Any objections to the approval of summary number 26194, a motion of Councilman Template, seconded by Councilman Walker? Hearing none, so ordered. Item number 14, please. Resolutions and motions from the floor. Please call the roll, Madam Clerk. Councilman Lee. I have one. Yes, sir. A resolution granting permission to Martin Luther King Playground, 2400 Leicester Street, Harvey, Louisiana, 70058, to conduct a homecoming parade on Saturday, October 7, 2023, from 7.30 a.m. until 8.30 a.m., and to provide for related matters. Any objection to that resolution being brought from the floor? Hearing none, we now open the public hearing on that resolution. Anyone in favor or opposition, please come forward. Madam Clerk, note that no one appeared. Councilman Lee? I move. Any objections to the adoption of that resolution brought forward in motion by Councilman Lee, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. Councilman Walker. I have none. 
Councilman Template. I have two, I think. Yes, sir. Please read them. A resolution requesting the President of the United States to make a federal emergency declaration to assist with the intrusion of salt water up the Mississippi River in the United States Congressional Delegation representing Jefferson Parish to work towards obtaining the declaration. Any objection to that resolution being brought from the floor? Hearing none, we now open the public hearing on that resolution. Anyone in favor or opposition, please come forward. This chance. Yes, I'm in favor. Frankie Hires in favor. Absolutely. Go get that help. We recorded that, right? <laughs> Madam Clerk, note that one appeared in favor. Councilman uh, Template. I move. Any objection to the adoption of that resolution brought forward in motion by Councilman Template, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. A resolution requesting the Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries to enforce the Manhattan fishing buffer along the coast. Any objections to that resolution being brought from the floor? Hearing none. So now open uh, the public hearing on that resolution. Anyone in favor or opposition, please come forward. Al Morella, 4260 East Oil Drive, 5th District, Kenna, 4th District, Unincorporated, Jefferson, 51 years. I'm in, in favor of this all the way. Um... Recently, we all probably read the article in the paper where almost a million dead fish, these fish, dumped on our coastline. And, I mean, where is the LDEQ? Where is the leadership in Baton Rouge? There is no leadership in Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge is dysfunctional. This is pathetic. This was on the front page of the newspaper. This should never be allowed nowhere in our country, let alone in Louisiana. Disgraceful. So I support this 250%. Thank you. Anybody got any comments, any questions? Thank you. Anyone else in favor or opposition? Madam Clerk, note that one appeared in favor. Any objections to the adoption of that resolution brought forward in motion by Councilman Template, seconded by Councilman Walker? Hearing none, so ordered. Are there more? Not by me. Councilman Impostato. I do. A resolution rejecting all bids received on June 29, 2023, under bid proposal number 50-142817 and authorizing the purchasing department to re-advertise for the removal and replacement of shingles at Lafreniere Park per the plans and specifications prepared by Jefferson Parish. Any objection to that resolution being brought from the floor? Hearing none, we now open the public hearing on that resolution. Anyone in favor or opposition, please come forward. Madam Clerk, note that no one appeared. Councilman Impostato. Motion to approve. Any objection to the adoption of that resolution brought forward in motion by Councilman Impostato, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. Councilwoman Van Rankin. I have a few if you could read them. Yes, ma'am. A resolution granting First T GNO 3201 General de Gaulle Drive, New Orleans, Louisiana 70114 to conduct a NOLA night market at the Bonneville Boat Launch, 1599 Bonneville Boulevard, Metairie, Louisiana 7005 on Saturday, November 11, 2023 from 3 p.m. until 10 p.m. and to provide for related matters. Any objections to that resolution being brought from the floor? Hearing none, we now open the public hearing on that resolution. Anyone in favor or opposition, please come forward. Madam Clerk, note that no one appeared. Councilwoman Van Vranken. Move for approval. Any objection to the adoption of that resolution brought forward in motion by Councilwoman Van Vranken, seconded by Councilman Walker. 
Hearing none, so ordered. A resolution granting permission to Timeless RX 617 Metairie Road, Metairie, Louisiana 7005 to hold a grand opening celebration on Friday, October 6, 2023 from 6 p.m. until 10 p.m. and to provide for related matters. Any objections to that resolution being brought from the floor? Hearing none, we now open the public hearing on that resolution. Anyone in favor or opposition, please come forward. Madam Clerk, note that no one appeared. Councilwoman Van Vranken. Move for approval. Any objection to the adoption of that resolution? A motion of Councilwoman Van Vranken, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. A resolution requesting the Jefferson Parish Traffic Engineering Division to install all-way stop signs at the intersection of Ridge Lake Drive and 41st Street in Metairie. Any objections to that resolution being brought from the floor? <laughs> yeah. I try to do it with a straight face. <laughs> <laughs> hearing none, we now open the public hearing on that resolution. Anyone in favor or opposition? Please come forward. Must be in favor. Must be in favor. <laughs> well, surprise, surprise, surprise. How's, I'm on Ridge Lake. I was just over on Ridge Lake at 41st. That's where my friend, that's where I had to clear a tree on behalf of the parish after Ida. My friend lives two houses away from that corner. I don't think she's actually going to appreciate the stop sign. She has to stop right before she gets to her house. But I've walked Ridge Lake. They could use a stop sign, just like any number of other neighborhoods outside Old Metairie that are suffering to reckless driving. Woman got killed, West Esplanade and Causeway. I was informed by John Lemoyne on the, in West Wego about that. Reckless driving has been on the rampant here. Quality life dropping off a cliff and you all think a process created by the Transportation Improvement Association in the 1960s is something we should adhere to. I spoke to their engineer. The chief engineer for the Traffic Improvement Association is Chuck Keller. I spoke to him for 40 minutes long. You think you all got it rough with me in here? Try staying on the phone with me for 40 minutes over this kind of stuff. And trust me, he was just as abhorrent to the utilization of a stop sign as any of you might think to be until I broke it down for him. Every one of my little streets has got a dead end. There's no uniformity of road conditions. All of this supposed pseudoscience, soft science, where you don't come to any kind of conclusions that result in a law, the best you can do is traditions, suppositions, theories. Domestic tranquility is a second cause for forming a union, right behind establishing justice. Y'all pay yourselves based on the pay of a judge. It's not surprising to me that you behave like adjudicators with the <laughs> disdain for a citizen expressed time and again, especially on this issue. Condescend to me with no regard for the principles upon which I stand up here for. You're sworn to support and defend the same Constitution I did. I shouldn't have to keep doing this. The people on Homa Boulevard shouldn't be suffering. These kids are getting screamed at, cursed at for going to fetch a ball. And this isn't exclusive to my street. I don't care about it. To be honest with you, I don't care about a stop sign there. If I want to reduce the traffic flow, I'll park my, my vehicles legally on the street. Of course, that results in the, in the loss of a $250,000 ambulance. You've allowed for reckless driving to persist and escalate. It's a neglect. It's ineptitude, it's malfeasance. Get rid of the process that you've subscribed to. Adopt the one I proposed two and a half years ago. I'm in here when the people on Aurora and Brockenbro have to beg for their stop sign. 
They shouldn't have to beg for this. When somebody comes in here to complain about the reckless driving, that should take paramount. If your process makes them have to wait for years, dozens of years, it's been 30 years people have been complaining about Homa Boulevard and any number of other streets throughout the parish. I'm visiting them all, and every time I find somebody who's complaining about reckless driving, i got to remind them that you all are stuck on a process, a crotchet ingenuity created by a man, by an organization in Michigan. The studies supporting it conducted in California, Colorado, none of it relevant. We have 20-mile-an-hour speed limits. That's not the case in any other jurisdiction that I'm familiar with where these studies were conducted. I've read the studies, beacon stop signs, always stop signs in rural usage, where you have cross traffic. We don't have cross traffic here. There's no cross traffic concerns on Brock and Bro Court where I'm st I got always stop signs at, an, at a T intersection. The people shouldn't have to be subjected to being made your servants. If I'm an agoraphobic, how do I get a petition signed? But if my cat gets run over, I got no recourse, and all that you can all do is say, well, there's a process to it. Romans 13, wake up. Figure out what it means to love thy neighbor, because the time's coming soon. Anyone else in favor or opposition? Madam Clerk, note that one appeared in opposition. Councilwoman Van Vryken. In his um, comments to us just a minute ago, uh, Mr. Hires actually endorsed our process because he admitted that one of the neighbors to this might actually object to the stop sign which is why we have an established petition process so that neighbors can weigh in on this. Um, and uh, the neighbors followed our process. They followed the rule of law. They got signatures um, signed by their neighbors who were in support of this. And so I'll happily approve this stop sign request. Any objections to the adoption of that resolution brought forward in motion by Councilwoman Van Franken, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. Councilman Edwards. Yes, sir. A resolution waiving all sales and use taxes that would otherwise be payable to Jefferson Parish by any nonprofit and or charitable organization for sales made in conjunction with the Gretna Heritage Festival held in Gretna on October 6th through 8th, 2023, provided that all proceeds from such sales after necessary direct expenses are used to further the nonprofit organization's own purposes or are used exclusively for educational, charitable, religious, or historical purpose, and further provided that such sales did not potentially yield a profit to any promoter, individual, or business contracted to provide services or equipment in conjunction with the sales. Any objection to that resolution being brought from the floor? Hearing none, we now open the public hearing on that resolution. Anyone in favor or opposition, please come forward. Madam Clerk, note that no one appeared. Councilman Edwards, any objection to the adoption of that resolution brought forward in motion by Councilman Edwards, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. Councilman Banana. I believe I have two. Please read yes, them. A resolution stating the support of Jefferson Parish Council for Loop Lennon Services Project Press to be located in Square 22, Lot 2, Fairfield Business Park, Avondale, Jefferson Parish, Louisiana. Any objection to that resolution being brought from the floor? Hearing none, we now open the public hearing on that resolution. Anyone in favor or opposition, please come forward. Councilman Bonanno. Move for approval. Any objection to the adoption of that resolution brought forward in motion by Councilman Bonanno, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. 
a resolution requesting ASM Global to restructure the parking logistics for its Friday football at the Shrine on Airline Games to resolve any conflicts with the Football in America Youth Flag Football League Games at LaSalle Park. Any objections to that resolution being brought from the floor? Hearing none, we now open the public hearing on that resolution. Anyone in favor or opposition, please come forward. Madam Clerk, note that no one appeared. Councilman Bonanno? Just briefly to explain the purpose of this. So when the events are going on at the stadium itself, like, for instance, right now we're having um, football games, high school football, ASM is trying to charge $10 to park for individuals who are using LaSalle Park. We have an agreement with the state that a part of that parking lot is designated for use by LaSalle Park and the Performing Arts Center, even when there's a function going on. So I'm asking ASM to clearly mark the boundaries of the public park and then try stop charging people who are trying to access the park. Well, to, to further clarify, um, we had some calls about this a couple of weeks ago, and they have not charged the $10 unless people are going in on the wrong side. They haven't charged the $10 to the FNA people to this point yet, but there was some concern about that. They were kind of directing them to another spot in the parking lot. I actually spoke to the president of the, of the FN Football League, and he said, yeah, they've, some of his parents were upset that they were charged if they came in the other side. So we're asking them to do a better job of being able to direct people to the public parking. Okay. Well, they should not have been charged. Right. It shouldn't have happened. Um, any – where did I leave off? Um, you, need to, you need a motion, motion approved. Any objections to the adoption of that resolution? If I may, Council? Yeah, okay. go ahead. Yeah, and, and I went to Councilman Bonanno on this issue because I got multiple calls from a number of FNA parents, including the director as well, who said, in fact, their families were being charged to park. And that's, you know, wherever the planning was, I have no idea. But clearly there's a, there's a problem when high school football was brought back there, which is fine. Um, it's a, you know, there's nothing wrong with that use of the facility, but unfortunately, Flag football has been there pretty much uninterrupted for quite some time, and these parents should not. I agree with you, Council Chairman. Those parents should not be charged to park to watch their kids play flag football. So uh, whoever's responsible for that, whatever lack of coordination there was, it needs to improve, and I hope ASM um, fixes that or whoever's responsible for it fixes that because these parents certainly shouldn't be charged for it. So unfortunately, whether they're supposed to or not, it's happening, or at least the parents calling complaining to us are, are inaccurate, but, I mean, they're telling us that they're, that they're getting charged, so that's got to stop, and candidly, I would think they ought to be reimbursed myself, but uh, thank you, Councilman Bonanno, for taking the step on this. Well, let me add that um, before the first high school football game was played there this year, we got calls from some FNA parents who expressed a concern about this, and we immediately got on the phone with the ASM representative at the Shrine, Tim uh, Swire, and they worked out a resolution for the first week and the ensuing weeks. And I've been there for the, the first two home games. And the first one, they clearly let people go and park away from the game parking. And the second week, when you go into the entrance, there was a spot that said FNA passes this way and then game passes this way. And I don't know if there was a – if FNA – it appeared FNA came up with their own passes that they distributed to FNA football parents – players, coaches, teams, whomever. And if they didn't get those, that's part of the, the learning curve of a new process at the Shrine because, like was mentioned, they've been used to sitting there for a long time and not paying anything because the parking lot's wide open because the building's not being used. But that was one of the hiccups that came along with that building being back in use, and it was quickly dealt with. And if people are paying 
they they should not have paid because that was made clear at the beginning from week one and then into week two. So if they were paid, if they did pay, we would like to hear from them as well, and we'll look to get them reimbursed because what is not part of high school football at the Shrine is FNA players paying for parking to contribute to what they're doing at the Shrine. The parking at the Shrine for the football games is separate from the FNA parking, and there is room closer to the Performing Arts Center where the parking lot should not be filled to capacity at any of those games. And if they are, then FNA still should have uh, some designated spots to park. So it's a work in progress, but there was def- clearly defined areas for the FNA participants to park in a different area um, in weeks one and two. And as that message gets out a little bit more, hopefully it'll be a little simpler for the public. And did we move on that? <laughs> I don't remember. Okay. Did I finish it? Okay. All right. Anybody else? Councilman Lee. <laughs> Sorry, I just jumped ahead on Madam Clerk. No, we started on Councilman Lee. All right, so that's everybody. All right, so now we jump to Consent Agenda 1. And Councilman Temple, your motion on the Inglobo adoption of the Consent Agenda. I move. Any objection to the Inglobo adoption of items 15 through 41, minus 25, which is to be canceled on motion of Councilman Templet, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. That takes us to item number 42. A resolution selecting an engineering firm from the list of approved firms established under resolution number 139892, adopted on June 29, 2022, for routine engineering services, which costs under $500,000 for water projects, which services will be required to perform design bidding and construction administration services for waterline improvements along Ames Boulevard, Avery Drive to Barataria Boulevard through Ames Court. Councilman Lee, your selection. UCM, uh, along with Stewart Consulting. Put your microphone there. ECM, <clears throat> excuse me, ECM engineer, along with Stewart Consulting as a subcontractor. Any objection to the selection of ECM with Stewart Consulting as a sub on motion of Councilman Lee, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. Item 43, please. A resolution selecting an engineering firm from the list of approved firms established under resolution number 139892, adopted on June 29, 2022, for routine engineering services, which cost under $500,000 for water projects, which services will be required to perform design bidding and construction administration services for waterline improvements along Ames Boulevard, Lapalco Boulevard to Avery Drive. Councilman Lee, your selection. MSMM as the prime in infinity engineering as a sub. Any objection to the selection of MSMM as the prime and infinity engineering as the sub on motion of Councilman Lee, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. Number 44, please, Madam Clerk. A resolution requiring a fiscal note be included for every new building or structure prior to any monies being spent on designs, engineering, or construction of the project other than for feasible studies or preliminary designs and providing for related matters. And the amendment I have is to add section three, that structure shall mean anything constructed or erected, the use of which requires a location on the ground or attached to something having a location on the ground, including but without the general 
generality of the foregoing on and off premises signs, backstops for tennis courts, fences, and pregles. Any objections to that amendment being brought from the floor? Hearing none, Councilwoman Van Franken, your motion on item 44 is amended. Uh, move for approval on the amendment. Any objections to the adoption of that resolution as amended? A motion of Councilwoman Van Franken, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. Item 45, please. A resolution selecting an engineering firm from the list of approved firms established under resolution number 139781, adopted on June 15, 2022, for routine engineering services, which cost under $500,000 for street projects, which services will be required to provide professional services for the design and construction administration of improvements to bus stops in adjacent intersections. Councilwoman Van Vranken, your selection? ECM. Any objection to the selection of ECM on motion of Councilwoman Van Vranken, seconded by Councilman Walker? Hearing none, so ordered. I have a note that 46 will be canceled. Your motion on that, Councilwoman Van Vranken? Motion to cancel 46. Any objections to the cancellation of item 46 on motion of Councilwoman Van Vranken, seconded by Councilman Walker? Hearing none, so ordered. Item 47, please. A resolution selecting an engineering firm from the list of approved firms established under resolution number 139780, adopted June 15, 2022, for routine engineering services for sewage projects, which services will be required for professional supplemental services for the Hillcrest and Sean Lift Station improvements, L-15-3 SCIP project number D2542. Councilman Edwards, your selection. Any objections to the selection of NY and Associates as the engineer and H. Davis Cole as the resident inspector on motion of Councilman Edwards, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. Item 48, please. A resolution selecting an engineering firm from the list of approved firms established under resolution number 139892, adopted on June 29, 2022, for routine engineering services, which cost under $500,000 for water projects, which services will be required to perform design bidding and construction administration services for waterline improvements along Lear Kerner Parkway from Canal C to JPSO in V-shaped levee to Barataria Boulevard. Councilman Edwards, your selection. Uh, BBEC is the engineer. PEC as the residential inspector, and BFM for the survey. Any objections to the selection of BBEC as the engineer, BEC as the residential inspector, and BFM as the surveyor? A motion of Councilman Edwards, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. Item forty-nine, please. A resolution selecting an engineering firm from the list of approved firms established under resolution number 139892, adopted on June 29, 2022, for routine engineering services, which cost under $500,000 for water projects, which services will be required to perform design bidding and construction administration services for waterline improvements along Desterhan Avenue and Leo Kerner Parkway, Desterhan Avenue to Estelle Playground. Councilman Edwards, your selection. Any objection to the selection of principal engineering as the engineer and Bryant Hammett, uh, Bryant Hammett as the surveyor? A motion of Councilman Edwards, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. Item 50, please. 
A resolution selecting an engineering firm from the list of approved firms established under resolution number 139892 adopted on June 29, 2022 for routine engineering services which cost under $500,000 for water projects which services will be required to perform design bidding and construction administration services for waterline improvements along Lear Kerner Parkway, Park de Famils to V-Shapes Levee and GIWW crossings. Councilman Edwards, your selection. PEC and Pivotal Engineering as the engineer, Exceptional as a residential inspector, and Brian Hammock as a surveyor. Any objection to the selection of PEC as the engineer, Pivotal as the residential, in, uh, excuse me, PEC and Pivotal as the engineer, Exceptional as the residential inspector, and Brian Hammond Associates as the surveyor. A motion of Councilman Edwards, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. Item 51, please. A resolution selecting an engineering firm from the list of approved firms established under resolution number 139892, adopted on June 29, 2022, for routine engineering services, which costs under $500,000 for water projects, which services will be required to perform design bidding and construction administration services for waterline improvements along Leo Kerner Parkway, a cell playground drive to Park Def Famils. Councilman Edwards, your selection. ECM and GEC as the engineer, Infinity as the residential inspector, and Brian Hammond as the surveyor. Any objections to the selection of ECM and GEC as the engineer, Infinity as the resident, residential inspector, and Brian Hammond Associates as the surveyor? A motion of Councilman Edwards, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. Can we pause right there, Madam Clerk, and go back to number 42 for Councilman Lee, and then we'll come back to 52. He needs to revisit 42, please. Yes, sir. Can you go ahead and read that? A resolution selecting an engineering firm from the list of approved firms established under resolution number 139892, adopted on June 29, 2022, for routine engineering services, which costs under $500,000 for water projects, which services will be required to perform design bidding and construction administration services for waterline improvements along Ames Boulevard, Avery Drive to Barataria Boulevard through Ames Court. Councilman Lee, new selection. I uh, need to make a correction. It's ECM with BKI as the sub. Any objection to the selection of ECM as the prime with BKI as the sub? On motion of Councilman Lee, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. Back to number 52 now, please, Madam Clerk. A resolution selecting an engineering firm from the list of approved firms established under resolution number 139892, adopted on June 29, 2022, for routine engineering services, which cost under $500,000 for water projects, which services will be required to perform design, bidding, and construction administration services for waterline improvements along Leo Kerner Parkway, Seashore Drive to Estelle Playground Drive. Councilman Edwards, your selection. GIS is the engineer, Shred Kirkendall is a residential inspector, and VFM is a surveyor. Any objections to the selection of GIS as the engineer, Shred Kirkendall as the residential inspector, and tell me the surveyor again, I'm sorry. BFM. BFM as the surveyor. On motion of Councilman Edwards, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. Item 53, please. 
A resolution selecting an engineering firm from the list of approved firms established under resolution number 139892, adopted on June 29, 2022, for routine engineering services, which costs under $500,000 for water projects, which services will be required to perform design bidding and construction administration services for waterline improvements along Lear Kerner Parkway, Mesa Drive to Seashore Drive. Councilman Edwards, your selection? DKI is the engineer, digital engineering is a residential inspector, and Brian Hammond is a surveyor. Any objection to the selection of BKI as the engineer, digital engineering as the residential inspector, and Brian Hammett and Associates as the surveyor. On motion of Councilman Edwards, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. Item 54, please. A resolution selecting an engineering firm from the list of approved firms established under resolution number 139892, adopted on June 29, 2022, for routine engineering services, which costs under $500,000 for water projects, which services will be required to perform design bidding and construction administration services for waterline improvements along Lear Kerner Parkway, Barataria Boulevard to Mesa Drive. Councilman Edwards, your selection? Richard Lambert is the engineer, Martin Ng is the residential inspector, and BFM is the surveyor. Any objection to the selection of Richard Lambert as the engineer? I missed the resident inspector, please. Hartman Ng as the residential inspector and BFM as the surveyor. A motion of Councilman Edwards, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. Now the Councilman Edwards has finished everything along Leo Kerner Parkway. We can we can move to consent agenda consent agenda uh, two and Councilman Template, your motion on the Inglobo adoption of items fifty five through one hundred two minus fifty nine sixty and eighty four, which are to be canceled. I move so. Any objection to the Inglobo adoption of items fifty five through one hundred two minus fifty nine sixty and eighty four, which are to be canceled. A motion of Councilman Template, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. Item one hundred three now on the addendum agenda. Let's stop right there. It's noon. So uh, we'll save the addendum agenda. We'll go back to the executive session items, please, Madam Clerk. A resolution authorizing the council to go into executive session to discuss legal matters concerning the lawsuits Investment Holdings, LLC, versus Parish of Jefferson and the Board of Zoning Adjustments, 24th JDC number 820-134, Division E, and Investment Holdings, LLC, versus Parish of Jefferson, 24th JDC number 830-083, Division D. Councilman Template, your motion. I move. Any objections to the adoption of that resolution on motion of Councilman Template, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, we're now in executive session.
All right, everybody, will take a seat. We'll resume the meeting in just a moment. All right, Madam Clerk, uh, we're back in session, everybody. Madam Clerk, please read that executive session item. A resolution authorizing a settlement in the lawsuit entitled Investment Holdings LLC versus Parish of Jefferson in the Board of Zoning Adjustments, 24th JDC number 820-134, Division E, and to provide for related matters. Any objection to the adoption of that executive session resolution? A motion of Councilman Templet, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. A resolution authorizing a settlement in the lawsuits entitled Investment Holdings LLC versus Parish of Jefferson 24th JDC number 830-083 Division D and to provide for related matters. Any objection to the adoption of that executive session resolution on motion of Councilman Templet, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. Now we pick up on the addendum agenda and item 103. Uh, Councilman Template, your motion on the Inglobo adoption of addendum agenda items 1 through 8 minus 2, which is to be amended. Any objection to the adoption of addendum agenda items two, uh, 1 through 8, numbers 1 through 8 minus item 2, which is to be amended on motion of Councilman Template, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. That takes us to item number two, Madam Clerk, with amendments. A resolution directing the administration to include employees with annual eligibility dates from July 16, 2023 through December 16, 2023 to receive any annual increase for which they would have been eligible, but for the cost of living adjustments passed under resolution number 142283. This shall be prescribed notwithstanding personnel rule 4, section 1.2 upon concurrence by the personnel board and executive pay plan rule 18.1 and the amendments are in the preamble in section one to read directing the administration to take the necessary steps. Councilman Template, your motion on the amendments being brought from the floor for item two on the addendum agenda. Any objections to the adoption of addendum agenda item two as amended on motion of Councilman Template, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. Addendum agenda item nine, please, special districts. A resolution approving a one-year agreement with NY Associates Incorporated to conduct a zoning and or land use study to determine the appropriateness of the R-1A single-family residential Metairie Ridge Tree Preservation District and the R and the R-1B Suburban Residential Metairie Ridge Tree Preservation District in order to protect the integrity of the neighborhoods affected by the decommissioning of Haynes Academy for advanced studies by the approved plan of the Jefferson Parish School System and to the extent possibly alleviate, mitigate, and or eliminate those potential negative effects that may be caused by future development for a total not to exceed contract fee of $75,000. Councilman Template. Unmute yourself. Any objections to the adoption of that resolution? A motion of Councilman Template, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. Uh, addendum agenda item 10, please, Madam Clerk. 
a resolution authorizing an agreement between the Parish of Jefferson and Housing Services Development District, setting forth the terms, conditions, scope of services, and proposed budget, and an amount not to exceed $2 million to pre-develop, develop, construct, and sell 10 new homes or five duplexes under the HUD Home Program Compliance Provision. Councilman Lee, your motion? Any objection to the adoption of that resolution? A motion of Councilman Lee, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. I have a note that item 104 is to be canceled. Councilwoman Van Vranken, your motion on that? Move to cancel. Any objection to the cancellation of 104 on motion of Councilwoman Van Vranken, seconded by Councilman Walker? Hearing none, so ordered. 105, please. A resolution accepting the lowest responsible bid of Sinnons Martin Emergency Group, LLC, under... Bid proposal number 50-0143152 for firefighting hose for East Bank Consolidated Special Service Fire Protection District of Jefferson Parish, Louisiana, at the bid tabulation price of $165,657.62 and authorizing the purchasing department to issue a purchase order for a one-time purchase. Councilman Bonanno, your motion. Any objection to the approval of that resolution on motion of Councilman Bonanno, seconded by Councilman Walker? Hearing none, so ordered. Item 106, please, Madam Clerk. A resolution approving a cooperative endeavor agreement between the Parish of Jefferson and East Bank Consolidated Special Service Fire Protection District of Jefferson Parish, Louisiana, regarding the provisions of an RTF kit to be acquired with grant funding at no cost to the parish for use within the district's jurisdictional limits to aid first responders providing services. Councilman Bonanno, your motion? Move for approval. Any objection to the adoption of that resolution? A motion of Councilman Bonanno, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. No business, uh, no new business, and we do have a status report today for the first time in years on the Jefferson Parish Council. Madam Clerk, can you please read that status report? Requesting the administration to provide an update on the status of construction and a timeline toward opening of the new East Bank Animal Shelter and an update on any efforts to open a temporary East Bank Animal Shelter in the interim period. Hang on, let me get your mic. Go ahead. Good afternoon. Um, first, I would like to thank um, Councilman Van Brinken for uh, giving me the opportunity um, to actually, because we've gotten a lot of questions, and so this you know, may help with some of that. So um, before, uh, just to kind of give a little bit of a history, before I became employed with Jefferson Parish, before I was asked to come and help the shelters here, um, there were conversations, uh, I believe November of 2018, about a new East Bank facility. Um, in the beginning of 2019, still before my employment, um, I know that Myers Engineer, um, engineering firm had developed a conceptual uh, plan and some drawings. Uh, you know, and the property was supposed to be at the Re uh, Alario Special Needs Center was the initial idea. Is that what the, where the shelter was supposed to be? Um, 2019 also, besides bringing me um, here uh, towards the end of 2019, uh, the project ended up being stalled uh, because of the inability to construct on that site and then COVID. Um, so uh, that all happened between 2019 and 2021. In August of 21, we all know that Ida happened, which completely eliminated the use, uh, our use of the building 
um, at that time. So uh, in February 2022 is when we really started trying to push uh, forward with um, getting something done regarding the shelter. Um, Myers and their subconsultant uh, firm, which is Animal Arts, that specializes in the builds of uh, animal shelters um, across the nation, um, developed a new conceptual plan and drawings uh, for the programming phase. Uh, it was a cost estimate for a 28,500 square foot building. Um, the cost of the facility was over the available budget. So in November 2022, Meyer and their, their subconsultant company revised the conceptual drawings and the programming phase uh, for a cost estimate for a 19,622 square foot building, which is close to the size of the building that's there now. Um, so we also decided that it was going to be built right where the facility is now as well, because we own that property. So, you know, instead of having to pay for um, a new site. Um, in January in 2023, a meeting was held um, with Councilman Bonanno, uh, Myers Engineer, the parish uh, attorney's office, as well as capital projects. Um, and they were trying to find a path forward um, on this project in what should be done. And it was at that time that they decided that due to the cap for Myers Engineer as the, the as-needed contract, um, that we would have to actually open up the statement of qualifications to do a bid for an engineering firm. Um, and then in February 2023, uh, you guys passed the resolution um, to authorize the advertisement. In March, uh, purchasing advertised the SOQ, and then the Right after that, the technical committee um, met and did the scoring. Uh, in April, a lot of things happened. Uh, we did uh, get um, a resolution that was completed selecting Myers uh, to provide the professional services. Um, and then Capital Projects also, also negotiated the professional services and the scope of work uh, and the fees for Myers. So July 2023, um, Council passed the resolution uh, approving the agreement with Myers, and then the agreement was signed by the council chairman at that time. Since then, and just recently, September of 2023, we had the kickoff meeting. Um, and I do have information to give everybody um, right here. These are just the concept floor plans and ideas for the new facility, and I'd really like for everybody to see that because it's pretty great. Um, and the design is scheduled to be complete in July 2024 um, with the construction to follow in late, December, you know, in December of 2024 as well. I also note that at the last council meeting, it was mentioned that the new, the old East Bank facility is being demolished soon. So, and we're moving forward with that. But I do have these to give to everybody. I guess the biggest takeaway from all that is in 2019, prior to us taking office, we did a program at the then council and, and the consultants and administration did a programmatic phase and a cost estimate. And we all know what happened after the pandemic in Hurricane Ida. The cost of the project almost doubled. So there was not sufficient funds and that's why we had to do the rework and have now gotten the price and the budget set and the design is moving forward. Right, thank you. Also, uh, the second part of that was what are we doing about um, 
you know, a temporary uh, facility for animals. So we ran into some stumbling blocks um, because a lot of the buildings that we were looking at, um, we've even reached out to the JSPCA as well as other rescue groups just to see if there's anything uh, out there. Um, it's, there are very few buildings that you can actually house animals overnight. Um, and so that kind of caused a logistical problem for us. Um, there was a building um, on Hesmer, um, repeatedly, of course. Uh, it was being vandalized. Um, the work we were trying to do to that building so that we could at least move in there temporarily um, to, be, uh, to, be, uh, to have a location on the East Bank um, was constantly um, being thwarted by individuals, you know, whether they were breaking the glass or, uh, you know, dumping things in the parking lot and things of that nature. Um, and even then, we were, we were not going to be able to house animals overnight. We were going to have to bring them in the morning, um, do whatever adoptions we could during the day, and then close down and bring them all back to the, the West Bank. Um, after thinking about the stress uh, that it was going to cause on the animals to constantly have to go back and forth every day, um, we were trying to find something more, um, uh, you know, uh, better for the animals uh, to be able to stay at night, somewhere where we can just send employees uh, during the day like we would normally when the East Bank was running. Um, but we have not found that magical building yet um, or location. In the interim, we have been doing uh, pop-up adoptions. Um, we're actually organizing uh, like an East Bank pet fest type of situation um, that's coming up soon towards the later uh, part of the year because it's been so hot. Um, we have been doing uh, rabies clinics. Um, we've been uh, providing 100% of our services to the East Bank, including doing owner surrenders, working with people who don't have transportation, um, you know, distributions, things of that nature. And then we even created um, what we're calling Dog Dash instead of Door Dash, where if a person does adopt from us um, for a minimal fee, we will actually bring the adopted animal to their home. So we've been trying to get really creative with helping uh, individuals on the East Bank, um, you know, whenever they run into a problem. So we're working towards those problems now. I like the dog dash idea. That's something I think it, we it can was, uh, <laughs> we can build on. It's catchy. Um, thank you for the update. Um, so what is the estimate? I know you said the, the, the building that used to um, exist before it was damaged is going to be demoed and then we'll go into building. What's the estimate on when a new shelter would be open on the East Bank to serve the public? So that, that is going to be um, a hard question to answer because we, we may be able to uh, figure out a temporary facility. Um, I know that the JSPCA and, you know, uh, were talking about it, and, and I know they were talking with a rescue group who may very soon um, not need uh, the facility they were originally in, and it's already set up for animals. So um, we're going to wait until we hear back from them. But that would actually be a, you know, something that we would have closer to now. You know, I would say probably by the beginning of next year, if it were possible. So you're negotiating potentially to, to yeah. find a temporary um, location. 
Absolutely. And just enlighten me because I don't know what does it take um, to accommodate uh, animals for an overnight stay. What's the impediment? Because I know we all deal with, you know, buildings in our in our districts. So um, drains mm. uh, is, you know, that's the primary thing. You know, uh, the drains inside uh, most shelters are at a slant so that the animal doesn't, um, mm -hmm. the, the, you know, the ammonia and things that's in the urine and the, you know, the things that are in the feces doesn't stay on their skin. So it's kind of at a slant so that it drains properly away from them. So, you know, there are just some little things there to keep them safe. So that's why we're um, looking for something more specific. And the timeline on the permanent building being constructed and open, what is that? Um, I didn't uh, bring that, but I want to say that it's probably 2026 to early 2027. Okay, 2026. Wow. That seems um, that is a long time away. Um, this this issue has come up um, a lot at different neighborhood meetings, um, you know, where we get questions about it. So I really do appreciate the update and to understand some of what's involved um, and, and ground that you've covered. 2026 is definitely a long time out. So um, I would, you know, continue to encourage um, the parish to be able to find a temporary facility, even if it's one that needs to be modified. Um, in some way, you know, to be able to accommodate. I know I've been to, to businesses like dog stops and such that are um, private sector businesses, but, but, you know, do house animals. And so even if we have to look at um, accommodating by renovating in some way a, a structure, 2026 is a long time away. Um, and at a recent meeting, I was actually hearing from a um, private group that cares for animals, and they were at a meeting I was at a Lions Club meeting, and they were asking for sheets. They were asking for supplies because as people on the East Bank don't have a convenient place to go, um, they're tending to drop animals at um, private sector efforts, and they're being overwhelmed. So I don't know also have we explored those organizations that we know are out there caring for animals or are available um, to have people bring animals is there any consideration of a cooperative endeavor agreement or such to support them if we don't, um, in the interim, have a temporary site? Right. So we have, um, and, and I know the group that um, you're speaking of because yes. she contacted me. And you've been in good communication with a lot of our animal experts, so thank you. Yes. So um, I know that the, the intention there was... Um, so a lot of people don't know a lot of the, you know, the behind the scenes and what needs to take place in order for a building to be turned down, uh, torn down, uh, let alone being built and, and, um, what some of our, uh, limitations are as far as logistically moving animals around to be able to, to do certain things. Um, and then, you know, budgetary restrictions and things of that nature. Um, so I have been having those conversations. Uh, they had thought maybe it would help speed up a process um, when, you know, you have to check all of these boxes and, and you have to make sure you're doing everything to the letter of the law. Um, so, you know, um, I did have those conversations and explain. Um, the data doesn't necessarily suggest that, that the rescue groups are necessarily taking on more animals uh, than what they did previously before the, the, East Bank Shelter went out of commission um, because we do log um, the addresses of where we pick them up, where they come in from. Um, but yes, we actually have uh, spoken to um, a, a large um, rescue group within our community about doing a CAA. 
they um, they would like for us to possibly do it through another nonprofit um, instead of you know directly with uh, the parish. So we're looking at what that might look like in the future, um, where we do a CAA with one group and then they would in turn do a CAA, a CAA with them. Um, but we're still in negotiations about that. But we definitely want to find um, some way that we could, because most of our adoptions were done on the East Bank. So I tell everybody, you know, nobody, um, the impact of not having an East Bank shelter um, greatly impacts us uh, at JPAWS because, you know, a lot of our adoptions were done there. Um, there have been some positive things that have come, you know, from this. Um, having more volunteers on the West Bank than historically ever having. Um, and what we've been able to do since we've been at the West Bank and all the repairs and improvements. But um, finding some place, even if it's, you know, 10 to 12 uh, pets for adoption, you know, on the East Bank uh, and being creative is probably going to be the best solution for us moving forward because we're not going to be able to continue this uh, for long periods of time now. Yeah, and that, I guess that's the sense that I have as well, that continuing this for two years is not really workable, and so finding those interim um, solutions, are, it will be important. So we, um, look, we commit to help in any way we can, if it's exploring properties, um, if ex it's exploring partnerships, um, but I, I do know that, that uh, the East Bank seems, um, it's just a, a situation of stress for everyone, and we look forward to helping you um, resolve that and move toward um, better solution. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, now anybody uh, wanting to appear before the council on special subject matters can do so. You have three minutes to speak on items not on the addendum agenda or agenda. You have three minutes, and I already said that. Please state your name and address for the record. Al Morella, 4260 East Royal Drive, 5th District, Tanner, 4th District, Gun Incorporated, Jefferson, 51 years. Uh, campaign contribution from the last council meeting, $335,442.25. Top five benefactors, Councilman Impostato, Councilman Walker, Councilwoman Van Rankin, Councilman Template, Parish President Lee Shane. John Bell Edwards, I'm demanding your resignation effective immediately. Speaking from the last council meeting, the lady who lost her friend to a sentinel overdose. John Bell Edwards has turned this state into a board of state and a sanctuary state on top of it. To the speakers who talked about the seafood industry, uh, how it's being destroyed by imports. Less than 10% of these imports is being inspected by the EPA. Restaurants are supposed to report to the customers where the seafood comes from. Those that are connected don't have to do totally disregard the law. Okay. Paul Matthews, Port of South Louisiana. I strongly urge the, bond, the State Bond Commission to reject any bonds concerning now, which it went from a $445 million deal to $330, to $330 million deal, to strongly reject any bonds. This is a bad deal, and it's not in the best interest of the state of Louisiana. The, the state Supreme Court, the highest court in the state, dysfunctional scandal. They're going to reimburse judges out of the general fund, not knowing the difference between the general fund and the civil filing fees that were supposed to reimburse these judges. They're an embarrassment, they're a disgrace. 
Baton Rouge is totally dysfunctional, just like I always keep saying. One more thing in closing, okay? Several months ago, I extended an open invitation to Senator Kurt Talbot, my state senator, District 10, to come to the council meeting and respond to two investigative reports that was focused on him and his business. He showed up, showed up at a few meetings, but he abruptly left when the business was concluded. So now I'm giving him one more chance to come on down to the next council meeting across the river, and if he don't show, I'll do all the response myself. Anybody got any comments, any questions? Mr. Al, you sound like a candidate for office. We're not supposed to discuss politics at the podium, Councilman Bonanno. You're violating your own rules. Just like the state Supreme Court's violating their own laws because they don't know what fund they're supposed to pay reimburse the judges. Once, but thank you anyway, Councilman. Anybody got anybody else? Thank you. How y'all doing? My name's Danny Bolner, Jr. Um, I lost my son in 2016 uh, from fentanyl. Oh. I, I found him dead on his birthday, 28-year-old birthday. And I'm here, I'm begging y'all to let's save some lives. Let's work together. Let's do something. They have a product called Narcan, okay? And what happens is the drug uh, goes into their, their brain and stops them from breathing. Okay, and when they overdose, they stop breathing. You give them this Narcan, and it brings them back to life. They start breathing. Then you call 911, and you get them to the hospital. Okay, um, and, uh, and, and I just seen, you know, the fentanyl overdose is unbelievable. And it's the highest in Jefferson Parish, zip codes 01 and 02. And the state of Louisiana is the highest in the South. I'm begging y'all, let's do something about it. We can't. People that have business don't have anybody to work because they're dying. I mean, that's the facts. You know, um, there's a federal grant that's designated to compact opioid debts. This program is saving thousands of lives. It's getting this Narcan to the fire department and the police department. But what about everybody else? We need to get it out. I'm begging y'all. I'm begging y'all. There's no excuse why... We, we, we can't give this out to Jefferson Parish. Um, everybody, everybody sitting in front of me can relate. It, it's, it's live. It's not in our backyard, it's in our front yard. I'm begging y'all. You know, I started a program called Stop Fentanyl just because I needed to do something to deal with my grief. And I'm, I'm here, I mean, I just, I've been standing here, and I just gave $5 million for drug court. I mean, let's get out there and save people's lives. I mean, this is not the whole answer. There's a program that works with it. And I will be back in here talking with y'all some more. Thank you. This is my son and my granddaughter. I lost my son. I'm raising my granddaughter. I feel so petty after that. My name's Regine Lucia, and I have several complaints about our garbage company. Back in July, ma'am, you could do one thing, ma'am. So we have different vendors serving different parts of the parish. So if you would tell us where you live, that would help us zero in which. Seven thousand three, North Bengal. Thank you. 
back in July, a lot of our neighbors had crawfish boils. And the garbage company did not come. Our garbage pickup is Wednesday and Saturday. On Saturday, they did not come. I called. There's no phone number for the weekend or the holidays. So that garbage sat there till the next Wednesday. This is totally unacceptable. Why do they have to throw the garbage cans, break the lids or the wheels, which we obviously pay for, and their attitude is horrible. I had, a mate, I had a neighbor who had a bunch of trash out in front of his house. We called. They said they were coming. They, re, they rode right past it. So I called uh, the parish, and they took the report. I waited for the garbage man to come on our next pickup, and I asked him, can you all please pick that up? And they said, no, that's not our job. I said, what? So I called the parish again, and they said that they were going to send somebody out there to pick it up. I saw the garbage men come. They rode. They stopped in front of the house. They picked up a few things, and they kept going. I flagged the guy down. I said, can you please pick this up? And he shrugged his shoulders and wave to the driver, just keep going. The next time, the stuff was still out there, but my neighbor, a few houses down, had some more garbage out there. I asked them if they could pick that up, and the guy that was picking up the uh, cans, he threw the garbage can into the street. 30 seconds. And... When these garbage cans get broken, I don't understand why they can't put the garbage can back on the neutral ground. Don't put it in somebody's driveway. These things are expensive. That's a waste of our tax money, and their attitude is horrible. Who do we call when they don't come pick up our garbage on the weekend? Us. Y'all are closed. I think most of us see our emails over the weekend as well. And look, I would say contact us and we can route it to the proper channel. I know my office monitors email over the weekend, even though we're not technically working. So uh, I think many of my colleagues do as well. And you should hear back from somebody and we can get it addressed before it goes to the next collection day. Certainly. So if they don't pick it up on Saturday, there is a phone number to call. Ms. Castand is over here. And there's, yeah, there's an environmental number to call as well. Catherine, if you would come on up to the microphone. Yes, there, there is a number. Sorry to hear about the service problems you're having. Please call the environmental department, um, and you can reach us at normal business hours. Uh, you can also contact Waste Connections after hours. They have a 1-800 number or a 1-877 number. You can also contact us anytime electronically through JP Environmental. We check that email continuously, you know, and over the weekends. If we have an issue or you have a service issue, we will forward that to the hauler so that they're aware of it. Um, we also, you know, I encourage you to call us. 
Um, if you have problems that day or call us the next day, we'll have a work order. We'll send it to the hauler. We'll have a record of it. We can track that record. And if they don't pick it up within 24 hours of them receiving that work order, they can be penalized for it. Great. So please call. Okay. Thank okay. you. There's no way it should stay from one collection to the next with garbage cans full of crawfish. So please let somebody know that before that. Disgusting. And we'll, we'll get that taken care of. Thanks, guys. Yes, ma'am. Hey guys, 509 Home Boulevard. Spark a little curiosity and away we go. My neighbor, Dane, passed away in his truck in front of Whitey's a year and a half ago. This hits home. It's right up the street, right on Turnbull. The reason why people didn't uh, respond to him and, and save his life, because there was Narcan in the car. My, my partner gave him a dose of Narcan because we were, we were concerned for his safety and well-being. It's a punitive nature that, that prevents people from stepping up and doing what, what it's required to love thy neighbor. Matthew's guiding me a lot over the last few weeks. Forgiveness. And Peter asked Jesus, how many times shall I forgive my neighbor? Seven times? Tick tock, tick tock. Four o'clock coming soon, right? Tort will expire from September 28, 2022. When everyone in this room who swore to support and defend the Constitution of the United States failed that test. The press has failed that test. And the worst part about a broadcaster or a member of the press, y'all hear, you hear real well, but you hear for that which serves your needs. Whether it's a soundbite or the opportunity to condescend to a citizen. I didn't endorse that process. Give me a break. I was speaking rhetorically. I'm quite certain my neighbor will be happy on 41st Street and Ridge Lake. They'll be happy to get that stop sign. Every single one of them will be. Because domestic tranquility trumps my convenience, trumps a process. Tort expires. I don't spank children. I never had to spank my daughter. I just spend a lot of time informing her of choices and consequences. Every choice you make in here to turn a blind eye when somebody's thrown out of this room or out of the, the chamber on the West Bank for no good cause other than trying to redress their government for the theft that is grant money indulgence. You pounce on grant money, you're stealing money from our great-grandchildren. Now, I'm not going to say the word again because I don't want anybody to get twisted up over it. Your obligations to the Constitution are clear. I'm not going to spank any of you or any of the 77 people that might have been also sworn oath to support and defend the Constitution in this room. Jesus said, I got to forgive 77 times, right? 77. It's not really my role. I'm just a citizen here trying to help you from the first time I walked in this room, just to help you. Wake up. Consider your obligations to the Constitution you're sworn to support and defend. It should be a source of embarrassment how y'all have responded to me and the other citizens who come here to simply, just simply, and, you know, appeal to what should be a legislative branch of government. What's your time, Mr. Ayers? Figure it out.
I'm just going to be 30 seconds. If you could remind everybody, Saturday is a very important day. Starts early voting. I think it's really important to at least five of you guys up there and ladies. So please remind everybody that's when we have our voice. Early voting, Saturday. And regardless of what's going on up here, um, it's important to vote. Make sure you get out and early vote. If you can't make it on Election Day, there's a lot going on on Election Day. There's an LSU game in Baton Rouge. Um, we have two new early voting locations this year, uh, the West Bank Regional, excuse me, the East Bank Regional Library and the Marrero uh, Senior Center um, in Marrero. So those are two additional sites to go along with the regular sites that include the Yenny Building and the Minor Street location in Kenner, uh, the Grand Isle Multiplex, and I'm forgetting one, um, the Odom Building, on the West Bank Expressway, is that everybody? I think that's all of them. Um, they're all online, and we're all going to be pushing out early voting messages as well. So, yeah, make sure you vote. Either way you do it. Anybody else? All right. Madam Clerk, please uh, read the ordinances for introduction into summary. Okay, the first one I'm going to read is going to require unanimous vote. An ordinance amending various sections of Chapter 6, Article 5 of the Jefferson Parish Code of Ordinances relative to Carnival, Mardi Gras, and other parades and providing for related matters. Any objection to that uh, ordinance being read in a summary? Hearing none. Uh, any, <laughs> any objection to that ordinance being read into summary? A motion of uh, Councilman Templet, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. An ordinance submitted under docket number SP-56-23 approving requested variances to the area and sign regulations of the commercial parkway overlay zone for the small sliders located at 4580 Veterans Memorial Boulevard on lot Y-1-A, Section A, Pontchartrain Garden Subdivision, Jefferson Parish, Louisiana, in the area bounded by Veterans Memorial Boulevard, Kingsman Street, Trenton Street, I-10 Service Road, and Clearview Parkway. An ordinance submitted under docket number ES-74-23 approving the pre preliminary and final plat of subdivision of tracks R-1-A and S-1A Fiesca track lots 382 through 404 and lots 409 through 423. Athena Place Annex, a portion of Holland Street, lot 1B square 34, lot 1-B square 35, lot 1-B square 38, lots 1 through 6 and lots 9 through 30, square 39, 21st Street, and lots 1 through 30, square 42, Harlem Subdivision, and plot X-1, lot 1-A, square 40, lot 1-A1, square 41, lot 1-A1, square 44, and lot 1-A1, square 45, Shrewsbury Subdivision, Jefferson Parish, into lot R-1-A1, Biosca Track Subdivision, which lots are owned by Causeway LLC and the dedicated of water servitudes in approving and accepting the final plat. An ordinance amending the official zoning map of Jefferson Parish, lots S, square A, Gennaro Place subdivision located at 120 Gennaro Place, bounded by Metairie Road, Athena Park, and Bovarius Street, more particularly amending the zoning classification from R3 multiple family residential district to R1A single family residential district has requested under planning department docket number EZ-12-23. 
an ordinance submitted under docket number ES-96-23, approving the pre preliminary and final plat of subdivision of lot four, square 12, Country Club Home Subdivision and Lot 12, Square A, Elmwood Lafanier Plantation, Jefferson Parish, Louisiana, into Lot 4-A, Square 12, Country Club Home Subdivision, and Lot 12-A, Square A, Elmwood Lafanier Plantation, which lots are owned by Him Investments, LLC, and Herbert Miller, and appro approving and accepting the final plat of said subdivision. An ordinance amending ordinance number 18226 has amended to amend the East Bank Consolidated Special Service Fire Protection District personnel rules to amend Rule 5 Pay Plan Section 1.2 to incorporate certain changes therein and to provide for other related matters. An ordinance amending Chapter 2 of the Jefferson Parish Code of Ordinance to require a fiscal note be included at various stages of development on any parish projects involving new buildings or structures prior to any public monies being spent on such projects other than for feasible studies or pre preliminary designs in providing for related matters. An ordinance amending the 2023 operating budget, an ordinance amending the 2023 capital budget. And that's all the summaries I have to read. Any objection to the adoption of the ordinances read into summary? A motion of Councilman Templet, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. Any objection to the motion to adjourn by all council members present? Hearing none, so ordered. This meeting is adjourned. Have a great week. Thank <clears throat> you.